do 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 switch mania playcast welcome to episode four of the switch mania playcast hello <laughs> he goes hello <laughs> hello <laughs> Oh, yeah. I can't beat your intro. <laughs> well, you you start off with the intro on iTunes, so. <laughs> That's true, I do. And you know, every week I've been adding a little something to it. Last week I added the little switch click in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. So so I'll just keep on adding little little treats here and there and <laughs> see if people notice. And, <laughs> and this week's episode made for some awesome tunes with Retro City Rampage DX being the foci of the the episode <laughs> the foci um okay and there's a lot of people that um super interested in this game and you know with the pseudo sequel coming out right around this time it was perfect to dive back into uh, retro city rampage and for you to give mm-hmm. it a chance so it'll be interesting to see what we both uh, how far we got and what we thought of it as we get to it yeah there's a crap ton of news and lots of stuff going on and you know, we got some uh, E3 predictions we need to probably do, like, about this this recording, too. So, like, it's sure. going to be an action-packed episode of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's go over some uh, feedback from the last episode. Um, sure. So, first of all, like, feedback from the Outcast episode. Uh, Toxic Kitten 20 actually commented on... The last time we we quoted her, and she said, first, it's she, not he. <laughs> so I think we mentioned it was a he. So we have female listeners, obviously, JP. I don't know if that was me or you. Probably me. I'll, I'll take the blame. Um, <laughs> but but uh, she's basically said, I'll comment again. I loved Outcast. I was apprehensive at first, but I don't like to get scared. Um, I think that this has awakened something in me. One of the things you guys didn't really mention was the batteries and how easy it might be to run out of power for your night vision. I personally played on normal and found loads of batteries, but I saw a comment where somebody didn't like the battery aspect because it put a time limit on the game. But I never really found that issue. So keep on keeping on, guys. Um, so, <laughs> for me, I didn't really mention the battery too much because it was a non-factor. I rarely use the battery um, because, I mean, I was just looking around and using the musical and sound cues to know when somebody was in the vicinity, then I would pop on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the, of course, the jump scares are going to happen regardless of what you do. So I kind of went at it that aspect as I played through Outlast. What about you? I, I ran out. It was at that point where we had to restore the power, and I was trying to hide or outmaneuver that one guy walking around. I did run out at one point because I had I had stayed hidden, but I kept recording, oh. and that could have just been you know the first few times where I didn't really realize like the battery was going down that much. Yeah. But I did tend to record longer than I probably needed to, but I was able to find the batteries when I needed to, so it wasn't that they were too hard to come by. But I did run out while kind of just stalking in the locker. Yeah, just like stalking around them. Um... I didn't. I was like had a ton of batteries by the time I got to like that point and got mm-hmm. through, like the jail cells and everything. Like I, I don't know. I I was just stockpiling them. But I'm also that guy that won't use like items in a retro game because 
they're like usable and I don't want to mm-hmm. waste them. And then I end up beating the game with like all the items not unused. So I'm that guy. So <laughs> likely that I uh, I sat there and and saved them all anyways. So yeah, you know, there is that. I'm I am. So I mean that that's kind of why I we didn't really talk about it too much. But it was a good. That's a good comment though. And it is definitely awesome to see. Um, did you have anybody comment on Outlast? I had a lot of comments for this week's episode, which we'll cover when we talk about this week's episode. But no, I, I mean I didn't see anything on mine really uh, after we we streamed about Outlast. Now there were a lot of comments about Fox and Forest and all that craziness yeah. because we had um, the contest going on uh, with the creators, mm-hmm. and basically I was with JP Switch Mania as well and giving away a copy of the game people were how many how many comments and likes did we were we up to oh geez um i would say we probably got into the 400s yeah i mean it, it was pretty high and a lot of people surprisingly there was a a good number of people who were commenting how great the game was already yeah. so they probably already had it but they you know they still participated and then there was a lot of people who wanted to try it but never got around to and you know, I'm glad we could generate, you know, buzz about this game because, you know, it came out a while ago, but, you know, for myself and many others, we never played it before, and it's definitely one worth playing. It's not, you know, like we talked about, it's not too long of a game, but it's just a lot of fun, and it, you know, harkens back to the to the SNES Genesis era, and, you know, I definitely think it's worth, worth downloading or buying a copy if you can still find one, but definitely owning it on the Switch somehow. And I think that's the coolest part about what we're doing is we're not necessarily covering all of the latest trends every week. Sometimes we harken back to some older stuff. Sometimes we harken back to a, an actual limited release that's come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting an aspect from everywhere and mm-hmm. especially like which was really awesome with Fox and Force with bonus level being interactive with us is that we were able to like connect on a different level and get more people involved and interested in the game, which is cool because if we can reach a couple people, I mean, and more people get enjoyment out of what somebody as passionate as bonus level is doing, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a win for everybody. And, oh, absolutely. And, and trust me with all the listeners that are listening, like we definitely reach out every week to the developers and everybody. Uh, I'm not sure if you reached out to V-Blank. Um, I mean, we tagged them on stuff. I didn't yeah. really reach out to them, though, this time around. I mean, I just tagged them on some stuff on social media. So so I did it. Um, so I've talked to Brian just through email in the past. Yeah. Uh, I know he's extremely busy. He's pretty much a one-man show. You know, he if yeah. there's more than 24 hours in a day, he'd be working on his game. Um, but I definitely wanted to send him this after. I just know he's just very busy because... I'm actually interviewing him for Switch Player Magazine, and this started late last year, and he's still working on the interview, so that's kind of how busy he is. But yeah. moving forward, even even if they are busy, I, I know that, I'm going to let them know ahead of time that we're going to be playing you know, their game, whoever that is, uh, and always give them the opportunity to, to come and join us or talk with us shortly after mm-hmm. about their game and about their company and whatnot. So, But I will reach out to him after this at least and let him know. And, I mean, being a content creator myself, like, getting down to the nitty-gritty in that last 10% of a release, especially during the last, like, month here of putting out, you know, the the sequel to Retro City Rampage, like, Mm -hmm. there is no way that they had time. Like, it was was literally pedal to the metal for the the end point here. 
especially when they're when they're just trying to get their newest game out, get out the word, everything else. Um, and I mean, we're talking about their older release, which they definitely dig, but they're trying to focus on the next one and making sure that's a success too. Right. So, I mean, I would definitely love to have him come on, and and even if we did a chat in conjunction with your interview, just to have mm-hmm. another perspective, and we get it on audio that you can transcribe for the magazine. I mean, that way we'd literally just talk about his new game. I mean, that's an idea right there. So that way, like, hey, yeah, we did the you know playcast on your old game, but you know, come let's talk about the new stuff now. Right. <laughs> that way you get your interview down too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that does work. Um, so let's uh do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, sure. I know our contest for the Switch Mania Playcast jingle still going on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, make sure that if you comment, um, we got to keep up in the ante every week until we until we start getting people to uh, yes. To, to so why don't why don't you remind, now that we have live listeners, why don't you remind them what the contest is, and then we'll throw in a new prize. So go ahead and uh, sing to the people, JP. All right. Do-do-do-do-do. Switch Mania Playcast. See, and it, like you think that that was the recording that we use every week, but it's not. That's, <laughs> that's just how JP that's, does that. That's all me. It's all him, baby. <laughs> so basically, I want to hear... A listener rendition of that jingle. I mean, you could do it with music. You could do it with kazoo's. I, <laughs> whatever sounds. You automatically win if you use a kazoo. Uh oh. <laughs> Up in the ante now. Um, but basically, however, whoever has the most unique and coolest thing um, throughout, I'm gonna have something really cool as a surprise on top of getting a free game. Out of that it. sounds free, good. A free game download, but there's going to be a surprise, and I'm working on limited stuff with the Switch Collector book, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking something really cool for the the actual winner. So yeah, go ahead and get your submissions in something that is physical that would be used to accentuate your Switch collection. It'll make it'll complement your Switch collection. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, something that JP now wants, by the way, listeners. Yes. You know, he's like, wait, wait, are you going to make another one for me? And I'll be like, no, JP, only for Aww. the winner. <laughs> he, well, technically, JP is the current winner of the jingle. That's true. I am in the lead. <laughs> he's in the lead. Got to beat JP. <laughs> the other thing was, in conjunction with uh, JP's last giveaway with a, with a game, uh, we're, we're going to try to add on the uh, give us a five star rating on iTunes because it helps us become higher up on the totem pole when people search for playcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that if you search Switch right now, we pop up. I think you have to search Switch Mania, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I might update the 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 name to Switch Mania Playcast for the Nintendo Switch or something like that in the title, just so that way it it's more searchable. Right. Um, but it's still Switch Mania Playcast. Uh, that being said, though, the more ratings we get, the higher up we show up. And even then in our metadata, when they search Nintendo Switch, it'll it'll pop up. So um, either way, though, every you know rating that we get helps out with analytics and all that stuff. So please, please, please comment and rate and do all that stuff. Leave us some feedback. Yes. Thank you in advance. So let's go into um, one of our favorite parts of the week, the pickups, what we've gotten in. I, am, I do uh, love that part. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> and I'm always like, 
sad in comparison to what JP gets every week. <laughs> this week I have two pickups, too. Hey, that's a, that's an improvement. I think last week was one. Last week was one, and <laughs> technically I have three. Um, oh. So one is an actual um, item mm-hmm. instead, of a, instead of a game. So uh, first of all, I'll go with the uh, the games, um, which I'm not sure. Uh, I know one you didn't get this week. You got a long time ago. And then the other one you may have gotten or not. Um, the mm-hmm. first thing that I got was uh, Lego Worlds, finally. So, okay, nice. My daughter's obsessed with Minecraft, and Lego Worlds is essentially Minecraft with Legos. So all I got to do is get her start to start playing it, and I think she's going to love it. Um, obviously, I've been monopolizing my Switch with our Game of the Week, because it's mm-hmm. addicting and fun. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if she if she takes to it, because the main thing about Minecraft is it's super user-friendly, and my daughter can play it on, like, everything. Whereas, mm-hmm. this will be just different. I don't think... I think everybody has said that, like, LEGO Worlds is pretty fun. It has a better story mode and everything than the other building games, but... Mm-hmm. It just has to connect with my daughter for it, and I, I literally got it for her. I think it was twenty dollars used or something. So, yeah, that's not bad. I think she'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I mean, if I can get her to play it, that'll be the, yeah. That'll be the hard part. Um, <laughs> the other game that I picked up, which actually was a was a pre order, I got uh the regular edition of Earthlock in. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you got Earthlock yet you'll find out when I share yeah. what I got. And now I know if, if you got it, you got the limited edition. Possibly. <clears throat> but yeah, I got the I got the regular edition. I just, I didn't go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it was pretty expensive great for the, the limited, so. Did you know that there's a second one in the works? Yep. See, I didn't know, and then in the collector's edition, on the back of the comic books, it says Earthlock 2. So I'm really hoping that their partnership continues, and whenever that game gets made, we're getting a physical for that. Well, my only thing is, hopefully, um, for all of you that did get the limited edition, the collector's edition, hopefully it's the same size and, like, goes together. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, that's my main reason why I'm not drawn to all the limited edition runs unless it hits, like, a nostalgia itch, kind of like Bloodstained did with the Konami NES boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And an Iconicast with the, um, or class with the um, Super Nintendo box, yep. is that um, everything's not the same on the shelf. So, <laughs> like, all the regular editions, all the spines look great together, like, on the actual Switch releases, except for those mm-hmm. that did, like, a crazy black spine or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, everything looks great. And then when you got your LEs, they're all over the place, and they make it tough to display in a cool way. So you're going to see, like, and we see it in the Facebook groups and everything, where people have some really cool ways to display things. Um, for me, I put most of my limited edition boxes away, and I only display, like, the really unique and cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the unfortunate part. You know, when I got the uh, Lumines limited edition, it's in the closet because it's too big. Yeah, that, that's the problem, too. I You know, I... When the Switch first came out, I built on, like, three shelves onto the wall thinking, okay, I have enough room now. And now it's gone from, like, nicely displaying the front of the boxes to just stacking and, and putting them by spine and putting a few, like, in front of everything else. But you're right. It, to really make it look nice, you need to dedicate an entire room with shelves of different sizes and wall spaces. And, yeah, you need, like, a creative eye to make all the collections fit like a like a nice tetris puzzle 
and I mean, it's fun. It's cool. I mean, if you've ever seen my uh, Nintendo rental display, um, I got I had a lot of fun with that, and I have some other ideas when it comes to the Switch, doing something similar in different ways. So, I mean, it's going to be super cool and fun to do. Uh, but in my current situation, I'm not going to be creating that yet. So it's going to be mm-hmm. something off on the the horizon per se. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah. So, but either way though, I, I love seeing people's different ways of displaying their collection. It's, it's super fun. Uh, to oh me. yeah. Um, the other, the third item that I got item is I got the eight bit to SN 30 pro USB game pad. So what, oh, what this like is, it. is it's super Nintendo. Um, it has the concave uh, X and Y buttons, like a, like the US release of the Super Nintendo, the the NA Super Nintendo controller. Um, I loved the USB version because I have the uh, SF30 Pro gamepad, like the Super Famicom version, um, mm-hmm. and it's the USB one. But the, my biggest complaint was I had to constantly like figure out the button combination to sync it, and for some reason, and I'm not sure if like there was an update later or or something, but um, basically, I think that there was an issue with like it staying synced to my Switch, and then all of a sudden I wouldn't be able to play the game after I like changed games or something. And oh, so the USB one it's gonna work when I plug it in, <laughs> which is perfect. Because like, mm-hmm. the, the feel and the control of these are amazing. So, like, I mean, they made a Pro now, so I'm not sure if the Pro is, is like, a new version or... Because the other one's called Pro 2. So, I mean, they both feel super solid and, and well-put-together controllers. Yeah. It looks nice. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, So, what did JP get? Sure. So there's actually one from last week that I forgot to mention because it was hidden away behind the other games where I have my pile right now. So I want to share that first. How but dare it's actually, you forget, JB? What the heck? I know. And you know what? After we finished, I was like, oh, man, I didn't get to share this. And this is a French or France and apparently Netherlands exclusive collector's edition. Um, I talked with the publisher, Outright Games. So they told me it's also available in the Netherlands, but I only saw it on uh, French websites. But it's the Paw Patrol Collector's Edition. Oh they my god, one. JB. <laughs> and so what it is, it's obviously the game, and then it comes with an action figure. But a uh, few things to note that I think a lot of collectors would be happy to hear is that the box so there was six different dogs or Paw Patrol characters that could be in the box. So you could choose between one of six. So everyone thought, oh, is there going to be six different boxes with, you know, the character's face on it and whatnot? The answer is no. It's the exact same box. And even on the back, it shows like, oh, you know, collect all of these. So what I did, and I didn't buy this, but I went onto Amazon, and they do sell the other action figures on their own. So if I really wanted to, I could swap them out at different times of the week or month and then display technically all six of them just one at a time. Oh, wow. So you're really going to be getting all hardcore into Paw Patrol? Really? Really, JP? Well, I really like Paw Patrol because I have kids. Well, the, but, uh, the best thing is, is that there are people in the chat right now, and like one guy wrote <laughs> this guy's skull on there. He has a longer name than that. He goes, "When are we getting Poop Slinger for the Switch from Limited Rare Game?" <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically Paw Patrol. We're getting Poop Slinger. 
<laughs> but yeah, are you con- are you comparing Paw Patrol to Poop Slinger? Poop Slinger. <laughs> Paw Patrol was a fun game. We actually we actually played through the whole thing. My three and a half year old beat it, and mm-hmm. you know we helped a little bit. But it's it's a very fun, simple, easy platformer for very little kids. Exactly. And now there's a collector's edition for it. So it's his first collector's edition that he doesn't even know he owns yet. Should have him displayed in his room. <laughs> when he gets a little bit older. But then he probably won't want it anymore. Ah, you never but, know. Okay, so let's go. That's um, true. Yeah. Let's go into this week's releases. So I'm going to split it off into regular and collector editions. I think that's the easiest way to do it. So I'm just going to go alphabetical. And so we'll start. So the first one is... Battle World's Kronos from THQ Nordic. And what's interesting about this one is it technically has a release date of June 11th, but for whatever reason, Best Buy is selling it already. Hmm. I thought maybe they didn't get the memo and they pulled my copy, but it's on their website now, so technically it is available. But on Amazon, and I think that may have been the only place else I saw it. What? They broke the street date. (laughs) I didn't break the street date. No, they did. (laughs) Best Buy did by releasing yeah. it illegally. Well, good yeah. for them. Now I have it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. They knew I couldn't wait. So the next game, I actually bought... I have this game already, and I'll tell you the reason why I bought it again. It's from uh, Nicholas's new online store. So they had the Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, the second printing cover with the first printing goodies. So the manual, the stickers... So mm-hmm. I thought, and, they, and it said it came sealed. So I thought, okay, well, they never made this in stores with the second printing cover and the first printing goodies. So I figured, why not get it? It'll be a variant. What happened was they actually shipped it open. So my guess is they kind of just piecemealed the, the, the case and the items together. But after they shipped it out, they actually emailed back to everybody who had bought it and said, oh, we apologize. Our, you know, our distribution had sent these out open. You can return it and get a sealed one. So my guess is they probably just shrink wrap it themselves. So to anybody, so I know some people on the Facebook group were asking, you know, is this a variant? Is this an exclusive? The answer is not really. I mean, it depends how you want to classify it, but it's really them, I think, having extras of the manuals and stickers and then just putting them in the cases that they had. Yeah, so, just using up old stock. Exactly. I can so the get next, that. So the next one I got is actually a brand new game from Nicholas. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing them right. I, maybe I'm wrong. I call them Nicholas. But... Nicol- I'm going to call it Nicholas. Yeah. It sounds fancier. Yeah, instead of a name like Nicholas. Yeah. St. <laughs> Saint Nicholas, the releaser of video <laughs> games. Santa on, in December. <laughs> well, they are giving goodies. So I got Crystal Crisis, yeah. which is another really cool... Um, release of theirs. You know, they had it's like one of those. Yeah, it's one of those like collaborative games where they have multiple characters from yeah. games that they've published. And yeah, we were mentioning Blade Strangers. Stranger. Yeah, yep. which I didn't end up getting yet, but because there was like so many variant covers, I didn't know which one I wanted, and I just didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> you mean you don't buy all three? No, I, I don't have that sickness. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's cool because it actually has Astro Boy in it. And nice. I think that's awesome. So it's 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 it looks like I haven't played it yet. I've had friends who have, are getting addicted to it. So it sounds like it's a good game. It's, puzzle. It looks a little reminiscent of uh, Super Puzzle Fighter too. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's uh, what it looks like. It looks like a puzzle based yeah. game with characters and like that or Tetris Attack for the Super Nintendo. Yep. Yeah, it says match colors to win, unleash special attacks, multiplayer mayhem. 
20 playable characters, branching story modes, many ways to play. And it comes in a big box with a free puzzle cube inside. Huh. And that's what I like about their releases. They always give you something. But this is actually the first one in terms of a big box. Normally, the other ones can just fit in the regular case. Yeah, and I, I know Nicholas is like the one... Um, <laughs> The one publisher that I was like, until Blade Strangers, like, that's the one that I didn't get, but I was getting, like, all of their releases because they did, like, Tiny Barbarian yep. DX, which was awesome. And they had, like, a ton of different, like, the, um, Bite oh, yeah. of Isaac. And all their stuff has, like, the treats inside. And I would take the sticker off of the cellophane and put it on the back over the barcode. And <laughs> same. Yep. Yep. I did that too. I tried to, but you know, what was nice about the uh, binding of Isaac from their store is they actually put that sticker that was on the front of the first printing and they had it unpeeled on like a sticker sheet that they put inside the case, nice. which I thought was a nice touch to it. So I don't know if that's something that they would do with their other releases. Uh, Cause I don't know if they're shrink wrapping them themselves, but I, I like that because you know, a lot of times you may rip the sticker by accident and it's nice to kind of have it. It's like super rare games. They you, they give you a sticker that's on the sheet still, and I think that's good. Oh, it's absolutely okay. cool when they do little treats like that. Yeah. So the next release is from Merge Games and Curve Digital, and it's for the King Roguelike Tabletop Adventure. Mm-hmm. So I so I'm gonna cut to my limited really quick, but I also got the the Signature Edition UK um online store exclusive of this game so in a big box with additional goodies but in the u.s we got just the regular edition in store for me just seeing that it's a roguelike like is a almost a turnoff for me because i'm not a huge roguelike fan it's to me that's the this generation's trendy game genre like roguelike yeah roguelike games and Mm -hmm. i i just don't like losing a majority of my progression when I have to restart because something happened and I died instead right. of like, but then again, you know, old school games, you had to start from zero with nothing. So right. I get it. And there's certain games that do it right. And they call them rogue light. And I like those where it's like a little bit of rogue, but not mm. completely. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's games like dark souls that, that really popularized, popularized it. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Okay, so next up, this game just came out yesterday. I got it in the mail today, but it's from PM Studios and Fly High Works and Actil, and it's the Opus Collection, The Day We Found Earth, plus Rocket of Whispers. Nice. And it looks really cool. You know, it looks different than their previous releases of of just purely uh, musical tracks and kind of like rhythm-based. This has... Um, I don't know, just looking at the cover art, it looks really cool. And then what's nice is inside it says, exclusive redeem code for Opus compilation album, including 30 select tracks plus six super rare bonus tracks. Mm. So, yeah, I'm very curious to see what kind of game this is. I'm going to put that on my hopefully play soon pile. Okay, so then the next one came out last Friday, and I got it in the mail this week. It's Sword Art Online Hollow Realization Deluxe Edition from Bandai Namco. And in the U.S., I believe we got digital only, and in the U.K., and also in Japan, they got a physical. The Japan, the Japanese version didn't support English, but the U.K. one obviously did. So that came in, and, you know, I always like anime-based games, and I didn't play this on the PS4, so I'm looking forward to, to this one. So and is, I remember, like, what time yeah. is it? So it is a 
offline, online, multi, VR, uh, MMORPG. So it's an MMO, so is it, requ- is it required to play it online with others, or is there no. like a single no, cause, player? Because I know yeah, cause, Sword Art, the anime, is an MMO, and it's you know, yes. an anime where the guy gets sucked into the, into the world of that MMORPG. Um, and I think if they did it right, it would be epic. Yeah, so, so this is, if you remember the Dot .hack games, it was you playing as a character in an online game, and I believe that's what this is. It's not really online. It is you're just in an online world in the game as a MP or as a playable character. If that makes sense. Yeah. But the thing is, I need to look a little more because on the back it does say online play requires a paid membership to Nintendo Switch Online. But the weird thing is, it says play modes. It's just one player for everything. So yeah. I'm not really sure where the online is because they don't say anything about multiplayer on the back or anything. What it does say is, in addition to the main game, it includes the season pass. Abyss of the Shrine Maiden and the update Warriors of the Sky. So this is the, I would call it the definitive edition of this game, which is cool. And there's actually another one coming out in the fall uh, for Sword Art Online. And right now, I did see on Amazon Japan they have it listed. And I believe on Amazon Germany they've listed it. So it's definitely getting a UK release. We're probably going to just see the digital of that one as well. But... At least so, we're getting a second one. Like, for me, if there was a way, like, with our friends list, if we could all play together in the same MMORPG, not necessarily <laughs> random online, but, mm-hmm. like, play together, like, that would be a cool Switch Mania Playcast week where we all I play like Sword Art Online together as a group, start it off, and just see how far we can get in a week, like, playing it a couple yeah, hours a night or something. Yeah, It'd be it's an intense week. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be interesting. So, and I like... We do have commenters throughout this as we're chatting, by the way. Yeah, do you want to take a break? of? Because I'm, I'm about to dive into the collector edition, so yeah, we can stop really quick. And- l- yeah, let's take a pause. Like We'll, we'll, take, we'll have to take a little bit more pauses because there's, there's comments all the way back to when we were talking about Outlast. Um, oh, yeah, let's, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> let's take a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, so it's RP Space G has been, has been chatting. He's talking about, <laughs> hey, dabble with Lego, play a little Outlast. Um, has piles of games that he moves from his chairs to his bed when friends come over and put them back to go to sleep. Space is a problem with his collection, I, too. <laughs> I can relate to that because what I do now is all my new releases go pretty much in the dining room on the floor because I you know, I keep track of them now when we have our weekly playcast. But also at the end of the month, a lot of the Switch Core members will take a monthly picture of what they got. So I, I put all that to the side. and then But same thing, we have people come over and I have to start rearranging everything. And yeah. it's become like a little headquarters central here of just switch stuff. Um, and then they were talking about uh, THQ released a lot of low-priced games lately, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I like that. They're all around $30, which is very, very reasonable. And they have new ones coming out. So like the Red Faction Remastered Edition is coming from them. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're doing great with the system. Exactly. And so then... They were saying, uh, RP Space G was saying, Nye Collis, or something like that is how, how he says it. Mm-hmm. And then Nye EJ Collis. Fanatic okay. came in and is chatting. Um, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. And said, uh, she said, excited for both The King and Opus. Picked up the first, but still need to snag the second. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. Uh, RPG found himself with a bunch of merged games. Never knew who they were before, but Yonder, Moonlighter, Coma, Candle, Dead Cells. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree with him. Like, until the Switch came out, I don't think I've ever had a game with their name on it. And as soon as they start releasing theirs, I go into GameStop and I start seeing them on, on other consoles. I was like, oh, they've existed before. But yeah, yeah. Merge was Merge was brand new to me and they've released so many great titles and they have their their I guess it's their publishing line of uh, of signature edition games and that's where the online exclusive collector editions come out but they're doing a great job with that and side note is that when they first started doing collector editions they were numbering them and they were in for the most part smaller boxes mm -hmm. and then I would say after the fifth or sixth numbered release they stopped it they they went online they pretty much said that I, I think people didn't enjoy that it was numbered and they don't want to make people feel they have to get every single one. But what they did is they also changed their packaging from these smaller size boxes to these big size boxes. And they've kind of standardized now. So every release is the exact same box. You open it up, it has the same kind of format to the items inside and how they're displayed. And I really like that. I like that uniform look. Uh, but I think they're doing a great job with their collector editions. And they're all reasonably pr reasonably priced at around $50. Yeah. And the game on its own normally goes for you know anywhere from 30 to 40 So for just a little bit more, you get a CD, you get a certificate of authenticity, pins, uh, art book, something like that. So I definitely think they they have a good standard for how they do their releases. Did, um, did they go back... Uh, and release some of their older releases in that standardized format, or will they no, plan on No, they kept that? it in the same one, but they did re-release those because they had been out of stock for a while, so like Dead Sales, Candle yeah. uh, were out of stock for a while, and then their website had them available again, but it's still just the same, like, smaller size packaging. With Come the on, Merge, five. get with it. Give us the <laughs> same standardized form. No, please don't, please don't repackage it. <laughs> JP will go crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they're still going through so let's go over to the um there's there's still what? a lot more comments but it's still on the same same level yeah. that we've been talking about um sure and, and, you know talking about sword art sword art online and ej fanatic said that she um rewatched it recently so it's pretty cool I, I need to watch that series now she's making me want to jump into that i um i read it you know the main oh, okay and then i only watched like a little bit of the first season and then the second season is like a different mmo but it's still yeah. the same characters so i need to like just probably start it over and watch them again and it, it's a fun watch anyways so mm -hmm. still cool. nice um so i'm gonna put away the comments and we'll, we'll check sure. back here after jp gets through with the le's there everybody all right everybody so here we go for the collector editions the first one is you mentioned before but i absolutely love it it's the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon oh, classic edition. I haven't gotten mine yet, damn it. <laughs> it it is so well done. I mean it 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 could just pass for an NES game. I mean, it's just amazing. I've said this before and I, I posted I'll it last week when it came that. in. <laughs> but Limited Run Games just really knows how to do their homages. And, and I think what I'm did that you right. post to Limited Run and to, to ping their uh, their brains and I agreed. <laughs> what did you say it, to them? <laughs> It's such a great yeah. I, no, I what, did, what did you what did you say to Limited Run Games this week, JP? Oh, I said that you really have to hand it to Josh and Doug and the whole team that they know how to do collector editions and especially the ones that pay tribute to the older ones. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, the Iconoclast for the Super Nintendo box. You had Ukulele for the N sixty four box. You have Bloodstained for the NES box. They've even done like a Toe Jam and Genesis case to promote the the Switch game, but. 
they just they get it pitch perfect. I mean, it's so just I, I think I'm uh, doing a bad part trying to uh, trying to pull information out of your brain, JP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, basically, I'm talking about the um, the tweet that you sent to to limited run games this week where you said you need to release these nes oh, yes, sleeves yeah. on their own and i said and i said because i didn't see your other post um and i said absolutely i would love to to get that for all the limited go- run game releases to have them in nes sleeves that would be well amazing. josh josh did respond and he said that yes, they could they would look into that and i i really hope they do i mean just for the limited run it's so manageable i can't imagine they cost that much once they have the like the molding or whatever you want to call they it done have it, so. but but there's no way that you can keep this just to the bloodstained box i mean they're just so nice and it just screams nostalgia with the switch being a nintendo and then nes had those sleeves i mean it would just be perfect so i if you want these if you've seen what they are um i'll do an unboxing but also if you scroll back on my twitter channel there was a picture of it but I mean, it's a nintendo but, cartridge but, sleeve nes sleeve and yeah it's the switch box and here's the thing jp yes if they decide they don't want to do it i mean we can probably make that part of our switch collector kickstarter and do our own nes one sleeves that look exactly the same that are made of the nintendo <laughs> like yeah. like i could easily get that done because i know people that make sleeves and stuff so yeah. i would love to do that then you yeah. can make it for every single one well and then we can kind of you know label it as switch collector or you know because uh, I mean, <laughs> it's part of the well, now now i want one exactly <laughs> all right so, so i mean i'm just saying though we can we can jump down that rabbit hole if, if lemon run games does it great then we don't have to <laughs> yes so i hope they're listening i'll make i'll make sure they're listening to that exactly so but i mean yeah. i haven't but i mean i mean we can absolutely do something like that too and it's always, cool. it, as long as it's um, affordable to do. That's the only mm-hmm. thing. If we can't do it, we're because I I wouldn't want to do it for more. Like I wouldn't personally pay more than like a dollar or two per. Yeah. Um, so if it's if it costs us that, there would be no way we could do it. If it costs right. a few cents, that way we can, you know, oh yeah, the moldings and all that stuff and all the everything else, then that works perfectly. Nice. But I'm all willing right, so to look the... into it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the next game I got released last year and then in japan didn't support english but then there was an asia release and it's daedalus the awakening of golden jazz which is a prequel to the detective jake hunter series so yeah so it got a regular release and it also got a limited edition release and for those who have been debating getting it uh you've you've heard it here now i i probably would say stay away from the limited edition uh edition of it and that's mainly because the way that it came packaged the game was on the outside of the box as well as the steel case because the steel case that they gave you is actually a ps4 based case so it holds a disc not a switch and what's really sucky about this is that the box itself that it came in can't even fit the game and the case with the art book and i think there was a, a music cd as well so you can't even fit all the items that they're giving you. So that's why they package it on the outside. And to me, if you can't fit it in the box, it's kind of a waste. Yeah, but absolutely. That's, that's my two. That's my two cents. I mean, I could get past the 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 PS4 disc uh, steel case. I can't get past not being able to put everything in the box itself. And what so type that, of game is it? Is it just a detective game, point and click, or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it's cool though. 
point and click, you know, you move around the room, you you select the objects, you talk with people, and you try and get to the mystery. So like so it Shadowgate, says, Deja Vu on the NES. Um, it says, enter New York City to seek the truth within past memories, a new mystery adventure. Maniac Mansion, all those cool point and clicks. That's cool, though. LucasArts. And it looks, I mean, the artwork looks really cool, but... Yeah, maybe just go with the regular edition on that one. And I I don't like the um the going with it and doing a lazy Ellie. If you're gonna charge yeah. collectors and gamers extra money for something, at least make it like to the system. Like yes. I don't care if they make it work and add some inserts in there with the switch box so that way it fits in there properly, but make sure mm-hmm. the switch box fits in there. Like yes. you know what I mean? Like at least make it part of it. Like, what was the other one? The Bloodstained Steelbook, where they had um, the for the new the new the, Bloodstained game. Yeah, they're they having a Nova the box, disc and they're doing and the cartridge. That yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the different sizes of the case itself, but that's interesting that they put both in because we haven't seen a case like that before. But at the end of the day, I'd still like a switch size steel case. Huh. That's so that's that's crazy. just me and everybody else. So. Let's go on to the next one because I still have one, two, three, four, five, six games. We have infinite games here, people. (laughs) It's been a busy week. So the next one is... We're just getting started with this episode. This is going to be a fun one. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody drops off. No, I'm just kidding. You did this to Uh, you. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is the Earthlock Collector's Edition. I did pick it up. There was only a thousand made. And I mean, regardless of how many numbers they made, I was going to pick this one up. And it's beautifully done it's their very first collector edition and what's really cool is on the outside box on the one side is number 16 for their 16th release and then the other side is number one for their collector edition so depending on (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's it's a really well done it has a nice hardcover art book two comics in it a music cd you get all five of their super rare games cards so you don't have to buy multiple packs and you get the game itself in a really Really nicely done box, so uh, I liked it a lot. So the reason why I didn't pull the trigger on the the collector's edition, the main thing was exactly what I talked about: is that mine aren't even on display, and now mm-hmm. getting that would open up another can of worms. Where I'd be like, man, now I got to get all of them. But who's to say that the next collector's edition won't will have a art book? So right. it'd probably be a different size because the obviously this collector's edition fits the items. So right. like I like when companies standardize. It's kind of what you know East Asia Soft's doing with theirs. They have the same style and releases. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Me too. Just something that's the same. Now I mean obviously you're not going to do a, a big hardcover book for each one because I'm an author. I know how crazy that would be. There's mm-hmm. no way that's palatable. So, um, but the thing was though, is that game itself was enough of a draw that I like. Yeah, I need to play this game eventually. So, and and we both know how increasingly rare things are becoming because when other companies that just did a recent release of a game and it went out of stock when traditionally mm-hmm. they don't go out of stock, it's like oh. people are talking about the bubble bursting unlimited nope not yet (laughs) you could even say they're super rare (laughs) you know and i will say this so (laughs) you had a good point in that you don't know how super rare game second release or future releases are going to be but i will say i just took a record and i put it on top of the box 
and it fits perfectly. So my thinking is, I don't know if they're trying to find the right size for future items. Maybe they'll, you know, they'll do albums or vinyls or whatnot. But if they do, they could keep the exact same size that they did for this release. That would so it is cool. interesting to see what they're going to do for their next one. And they said they're not going to do it for every game. They want to make sure that when they do a collector's edition, it's, you know, it's worthy of one. But so if, if George does that and they do like the the vinyl size box, we should you should try comparing Luminous to it because that box is a is a vinyl record box yeah that i haven't gotten in yet to see but it looks like it may be around the same size as the earth block one so maybe they're already thinking along the lines of what we're saying and it'll be great i mean and and then i'll be like damn i gotta get it now because it's Uh (laughs) it's just fine i I like i like that and i'm patient (laughs) so what else all right so the next one is an nis america release it's the lapis labyrinth Limited Edition XL. Hmm. So this came in, and it comes with a hardcover art book, a CD soundtrack, a collector's box, poster, and two art prints. So I want to say Lapis Labyrinth was a Nintendo DS game that they've remastered, or this could be the sequel. Um, I, I know that it was a... I remember seeing slash playing... Is it isometric RPG? No. No? no uh, what type of game I'm is looking it? at it. It says stack, raid, get paid, and it looks more side-scrolling than, yeah, really? it looks side-scrolling. Hmm. I might be thinking of something completely different then. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Lapis. But, but their releases also, their collector editions are also normally around the same size. I mean, I'm looking at this one versus the Atelier Lulua that just came out, and it is different packaging, but it's still around the same height. So, they definitely also try and keep to a uniform size for the most part. Uh, they never really do anything too big, except when they did the Disgaea one. They did um, oh the SNK Frenzy, the fighting game. Those were like more wider boxes, not so much taller or bigger. But uh, for the most part, this looks pretty similar to their other releases. So that's good. Well, All right, so the next so, one. So looking at Lapis, like. I don't know what I was thinking for the for the DS or whatever. There, it might have been something with just Labyrinth in it then. Uh-huh. That could absolutely be it. Um, super interesting, though. Yeah. All right, so the next one is is from P-Cube. It's Our World is Ended. So this is, I believe, a more of a visual novel game. And we did a review for it. So if you want to learn more about this game, go to JP Switch Mania. A little plug there. We have our review up. But what's nice is it's technically a regular edition, but there's a it's the day one edition. So it comes with an art book and a key ring. Huh. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, P-Cube is just, to me, is just becoming synonymous with the Switch. It's P-Cube just keeps releasing these Japanese titles that you never would think would come over to the U.S. And I would say for the most part, all of their releases come to the U.S. There are, you know, a number that are are UK exclusive or Europe Europe exclusive. So for instance, they recently did the guilty gear, the 20th anniversary. Um, and there's a few others. I think world end syndrome is coming out and I don't believe we're getting in the U S. So sometimes it does stay exclusive over there, mm-hmm. but they do bring a lot of titles over and you know, they're bringing the visual novels. They're bringing fighting games. I mean, they have a really good library growing. Um, and they're just, they're also just great on Twitter. They're very responsive. They engage with us. And to me, that always, adds a little bit something special when you're collecting because it's easy to support companies that are bringing games that you never thought you'd get. Plus, they're nice to talk to. So, 
our yeah, world is ended. It's fun, and like the interesting thing is, is that you know that's like a spiritual successor or a sequel or something to the, the world ends with you or whatever. Um, no, this is completely different, I believe. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's definitely a play on the same words, like same title yeah. almost. Our world is ended. The world ends with you. Like yeah, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like if it's not a spiritual successor, then. They're definitely going to cause some brand confusion because I was confused. Um, yeah, I think some people thought this says, "What if the game world became reality?" Now, is hmm. this an RPG? No, uh, visual novel. Visual novel. Interesting. Believe, okay, cool. It sounds I cool. So. I mean, I'm I'm probably eventually going to pull the trigger on it, and you know, like all the non-definitives, right? Probably eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I mean, the thing is, though, as I saw it, it looked pretty cool. I assumed it was a sequel to that game that was just just had a release on the switch so Mm -hmm. um it's going to be interesting as the market gets more and more packed with releases to see like what stands out and what because of something like that just simply getting confused on the association or what becomes like a hidden gem yeah oh exactly and p cube you know you go to stores you do not see a lot on the shelves a lot of times when i pre-order that's that copy and maybe one other is what comes in. So exactly. P-Cube is definitely, I mean, I don't want to call them an indie indie publisher, but they don't get, you know, they, they don't have rows and rows of their games on the shelf. So if, if it's something that looks interesting, I would highly recommend picking up before they become harder to get. Yeah, exactly. But, you don't want to have to, like, hunt them down and overpay yeah. on eBay or something, especially when people realize that it's limited. <laughs> yeah. So the next two, actually... Yeah, I'll, so the next two were signature edition games. So I mentioned the first one, which was For the King, so I got their collector edition of that. Yep. And then the other one is a... this The regular edition didn't even come out in the U.S. It's staying in the U.K. It's Vaporum. It's a steampunk dungeon crawler. Ooh. It looks really cool. Um, from what I can tell, it's first person. And I could be wrong, but that's what it looks like. And excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what all the pictures look like. It looks like you're looking through the eyes of, of the character. But we didn't Some even get a release. Some of those can them. be done done well, though. Some of those games yeah. can be. And this is by Cypronia and Merge Games. But really it looks interesting really cool. that they're not bringing it to the West. But um, Yeah, you know what? They've done that a few times with Merge. They haven't brought everything over. But um, the majority of their library we have seen. But this is just one that is staying across the pond. So if you want to get it... You know, Amazon UK, if you want to go to the Signature Edition, just get it right from their website. I think this was $50 plus shipping. Um, so, again, it's not a bad price for a Collector Edition. But, yeah, we're not we're not getting it in the U.S. physically. That's just sad, And then, though. yeah, I, yeah, that's going to be one whole episode. We're going to talk about that one day. Okay, so the very last one I got. Dump, dump, dump. In, yeah, this is the... <laughs> I think this, I'm looking, this is actually, yeah, maybe tied for the tallest box with uh, Earthlock. Not as wide, though. But it's the Psycho Collection, uh, Volume 3, Limited Edition. So what this is, is um, if you've been following or collecting Volumes 1 and 2, they're all shoot-em-ups. They've been four games on a cartridge. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what it is, is with every release, it's kind of the sequel of that next game, for the most part. So like Strikers. Uh, they have Zero Gunner 2, and then they always have like a, like a game that maybe didn't have a sequel, but this one is Gun Barrack, and is this, this one the called... one with the uh, girl, anime girl with the big boobs on the side? Yes, 
yeah, so with that, they gave you a mouse pad with big boobs, and <laughs> I don't know why Japan loves these so much, because this is now the third mouse pad I have. <laughs> I don't even have a mouse on my computer. I use a Logitech touchpad on a... Well, I, on a... I can't even bring these to work. No. It, I mean, I could, but it'd just be a very weird conversation with my manager and coworkers. Yeah, and I mean, that was the reason why I didn't... Because I have the first two volumes, and I didn't buy the third volume yet, because I saw the collectors, I'm like, well... It, it holds the other two, right? So I'm like, man, I, sh I should get it. But then I wouldn't display it because, again, LEs, I don't have room to display them. And then number yeah. two is it's like, well, yeah. I but, mean. but here's the interesting thing. If it wasn't for the mouse pad, you would not need this big of a box because everything else, they have an art book, and it's like a little digest size. You have the box that holds the other two games, so you can hold all three. That's not that big. But you also had... Um, reversible covers they gave you two of them and then on each side was one of the four games which i thought was pretty cool and um they've done this so in asia there has been there have been stores that sold them those alternate covers with the first two releases as well so you had two covers with um one game on each side for the other releases and then this one same thing um but this concludes the trilogy but what's interesting is that in Japan, they're now going to be getting this collection, but they're going to be doing it a little bit differently because instead of doing three volumes with four games each, they're doing two volumes with six games each. And it's the same 12 games total, but they're just kind of reducing the, the number of releases. So those are coming, I think, I think in July and August. So, so if you didn't pick you, them up... you, you're going to have to double dip because it'll be different. Yeah, maybe. And But what's <laughs> also interesting is that they're releasing collector editions for those two volumes with goodies that we didn't see in the in like the Asia release because for the first two volumes we didn't get anything special minus those uh, those reversible covers. So yeah, JP says maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, they're pre-ordered already. <laughs> they're already pre-ordered. Exactly. <laughs> and got a sickness, and the only cure for that sickness is more Switch games. More Switch games. I hope Nintendo's listening. More Switch games. <laughs> I think that they don't need to listen. They're already doing it. <laughs> Third party's keeping them afloat. <laughs> and that's that's everything that's come in as of today, and there's still more games uh, coming out that I'll get to share next week. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So before we get to the next section, we got um, <laughs> a lot of different um, comments uh, talking about limited editions. And um, basically... Um, EJ Fanatic, she's saying that she's very super picky about her collector's editions. Um, they're talking about their favorite ones in the chat, and mm -hmm. they really like the Octopath Traveler one. Yep. Um, and that one had the whole diorama and everything. I actually regret that I didn't pick it up, because every time I came across it, like, in the wild, it was, mm -hmm. wasn't was mint, so I never picked up it. Never picked it up. Um, talking about Owlboy with their collector's edition and um, Hollow Knight CE, which should be shipping soon. Um, yep. yep. Yeah, very soon. And I know I pre-ordered that too, so we should be talking about that one in a week or two. Um, Reverie CE, <laughs> which I have one of those. It's excellent game. Which um, one? Reverie. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent game. Um, and now the thing is, with all of mine, when I get my collector's editions, I open every single one up and take the uh, Switch case out and put that with my Switch Switch games and put the the carts with my carts. 
because I have mm-hmm. my cards in the treasure box, which is going to be available with the damn Switch Collector. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking about, man, I'm like, man, how could we display or make something really cool for, like, c- collector's editions? There, mm-hmm. We could create some because I have, um, and I need to post some pictures of it. Um, I, re- I already shipped out the Hagen's Alley Entertainment collector paperback book collector boxes and there are giant boxes that will fit every paperback book that i do for the next like 10 years <laughs> like it's they're huge <laughs> and they're all labeled with with hagen's alley and all that and i i did a a wooden colored one for all the backers and then i have a black one for me that i used as my demo one and i think the wooden ones looked really cool for the the paperback release but i'm like mm-hmm. man there could be some some switch collector aspect to that that would be pretty cool i don't know okay <laughs> i don't know it's it's interesting my gears are always turning with cool ways to display things and if i can make something that's palatable like i mean for the collector's editions though it would have to be something crazy like i don't know like a giant ass treasure chest to hold everything <laughs> which, that's just not feasible to ship you gotta come and pick it up for me <laughs> that'd be hilarious so um What's new in the last week, JP, that's been available to pre-order? There's been a shit ton. Again. Yeah. <laughs> there been a ton. <laughs> so I'm going to read off a few. I wrote them down here. Uh, been beating so us first down is, with all these releases. <laughs> I try and keep up. I mean, the, the, the most immediate one is going to be tomorrow. So this is Thursday from Play Asia. It's East Asia Soft's release number nine for the Switch. And it's Ghost 1.0 plus an epic collection Hell so yeah, two games so good i'm so happy that they're releasing that as a double yes. pack and it's two games one cart as they said um there's going to be two thousand copies of the regular edition two thousand copies of the collector edition and i think it's either 30 or 40 dollars so it's nothing or 40 and 50 but either way i mean it's nothing crazy but yeah it, it's gonna go live at 11 a.m eastern time so and whatever that both correlates Metroid to your time games which is awesome it'd be a fun fun way to to get both games physically and yes this is the second time they've done a, a dual pack for their le's um yeah they've they've held well um the onikin and odalus i think is actually two game two two cases in the collection mm-hmm. yeah i think it is too um, yeah is this going to be two cases as well or did they not say no no, so it's one case with a reversible cover of each game, but on the spine, it's it's the same uh, title. So it's not going to be, you know, Ghost 1.0 on one spine and Unepic on the other. Oh, that it's, would drive you nuts. Yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm glad that is. I've, I've heard people already saying that they need to buy two so they could display both. I'm not like that, thankfully. I don't, uh, you know, yeah. if, they, if I get both covers, then to me that counts enough. I don't need to display both covers. I just need, need to be able case. to have both covers <laughs> so you, you the don't next, need a second case huh oh, okay yeah <laughs> i know right i for as crazy a collector as i am there i, I have rules <laughs> so the next game that got announced is coming from limited run games next friday yep. it's momodora reverie under the moonlight and it's a 2d side scrolling platform platformer with metroidvania elements to it yep. um Damn what's it. interesting though <laughs> <laughs> is this is actually the fourth game in the series that began in 2010. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the fourth one. I don't know how much you need to know. I don't know if they kind of give you a summary, if they, you know, they're sequels to each other or kind of just in the same universe. But I will say, if you want to learn more about this game, 
We just did a review on it on jpswitchmania.com, so you can check it out. Our reviewer liked the game a lot, so it looks to be a lot of fun. It's very pixelated, uh, but it's going to be, as of right now, it looks to be just a regular edition, unless they're going to announce the collector's you know, within the next week, but on their website, they've already posted the page for it, and it's just gonna. And right now, it's just a regular, so it's it open to be pre-orders. Just regular, yeah. It's open pre-orders two for two weeks, and they did say that Best Buy will be getting this game as well. Uh, they didn't say the run of it, but that just means there will be an alternate cover that you could buy at Best Buy or on their website for ninety nine cents whenever that becomes available. And, and uh, basically, for me, I'll pick up whatever cover looks cooler um that's just this is how i do it and either way you're supporting limited run games and i don't need two copies so i'm i'm good so i'm I'm just gonna pick up whatever cover i think looks cooler and hopefully Mm -hmm. you know since it's nes style looking or retro looking hopefully they do an nes sleeve you know limited run games i hope so (laughs) like hint 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 nudge 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 Nudge, nudge. um so there is another game that got announced today for pre-order comes out july 25th it's only gonna be 29.99 and right now, I've only seen it on Play Asia, but it's the Ninja Saviors: Return of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So, I believe this is a sequel title to a Super Famicom game. If uh, I'm not actually, mistaken. It's, it's a Super Nintendo game and an arcade oh. game. So basically, there's a it's a it's an arcade franchise called Ninja Warriors. It was act, mm-hmm. it was a giant multi-screen arcade game that you can't oh. even really emulate properly in MAME or MAMI or however you call it. Uh-huh. You, you can't really emulate it properly because it would be super stretched out because it would use multiple CRTs. And that game was ported slash re-released as Ninja Warriors again on the Super Nintendo. And it was just called Ninja Warriors on the Super Famicom, just to confuse people familiar with the arcade mm-hmm. game. But um, yeah, it was it was a much more consoleized version that was released for the Super Nintendo. Uh, uh. The, the ninjas are exactly the same, so it's definitely a continuation remake, something in the same franchise, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely want a copy because I have Ninja Warriors again. So, and I used to rent that game as a kid at the rental store. So, like Ninja Warriors again. So it's like one of those that I have an innate nostalgia with with playing mm-hmm. that game. And I, I posted uh, when JP posted it online. I posted a GIF of the um, one of the, the skeleton guys, guy? the skeleton guy doing his special move, which was uh-huh. which is awesome. It's like so. Hopefully, it looks like there's a lot more ninjas this time around. Hopefully it supports co-op because that was my major gripe with the Super Nintendo one is for some reason, you know, it's a beat-em-up and it didn't have co-op like in it. It sucked. Um, it was one of those Final Fight type type deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, uh, like again, we're seeing more franchises being revived on the Switch. I don't know what kind of magic the Switch is having on people, but they're reviving franchises, which is awesome. Yeah. And I will say, so to answer your two questions, um, I'm on PlayAsia's page right now, and it says, in addition to two new playable characters, the Ninja Warriors once again implements a two-player co-op mode that was not available uh, previously. See? And I I know this because, you know, I did the complete SNES book. I've written about the game as well as as I played every Super Nintendo game. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm very familiar with that game. It's it's super fun. and it's cool that they're doing the co-op once again. So that means it's definitely the next version of the game, which that's awesome, too. And, and for our listeners, if you pre-order this game on PlayAsia and you use checkout code SWITCHMANIA, you save $3. Shiller. Just like, just like that. So you're welcome. 
three dollars go into JP's pocket. There we go. No, it it actually does not. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? You're going to give them a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's people online that, that think that if you're uh, supporting like that, that somehow the person doing that is getting um, getting money. And in and, and the opposite, though, it really all it does is it shows them like that to support JP Switch Mania and get them you know more review copies to support the whole scene. So, I mean, mm. all it does is it just shows that you know you support what, he's doing oh yeah that's it and, and play asia is a great company um and i will say uh this i mean we knew about this one already but 99 vitas came out last weekend this past weekend from yeah. strictly limited games and i just want to kind of let people oh, know that was a it, fun one it, it was fun it sold fast the collector edition both batches earlier when batch i mentioned and you thought i was talking super rare i was talking about 99 vitas by the way just yeah. inherently in the background and it was funny because with my story over the weekend, I don't ever plan on backing any of this craziness like with the, with mm-hmm. the limiteds, and I'll pick it up later if it looks cool. I, mm-hmm. for some reason, remember seeing you post it or somebody posted it, and then like I just happened to go on their website. Like I don't know if I was using a restroom in the morning or doing something. <laughs> I happened to go on the site. I'm like, oh, what's up? I just pre-ordered the limited one. I'm like, yeah, the limited one looks cool this time. <laughs> and then everybody's and it- like, it's sold out immediately. I'm like, oh. Three- <laughs> Three minutes on both batches, it sold out. I mean, it, it was their fastest one, and the and the standard copies sold out in both batches. So now that's even done. And what are the chances that I happened to go on my phone at that time without planning it at all? I didn't set any alarms. I just happened to go on there in that little tiny window and got a copy. I was sending you a telepathic thought. I said, "Go on." <laughs> it's getting it's getting creepy, JP. Seeking into <laughs> my dreams. <laughs> We're so close now. <laughs> after this whole playcast, starting to sing. Well, what's, in- <laughs> what's interesting is they still have releases that are available on their site, but this is just one that was popular to begin with, and it just sold. And you know, a, a lot of people missed out. I, I was really sad because, especially after the first one, you know, we say, okay, you know, there's going to be a second batch. Here's the time. We'll send. You know, I always send reminders. I do like the countdowns and whatnot. But still, people missed out a second time and. And that stinks. You know, I, I hate when I see people not being able to get a game that they wanted to get, even even the standard copy alone. But yeah, that one was a fast one. And I'm kind of hoping that in the future, maybe with the standard copies, they may do a limited run game style where they do open pre-orders because they did it for one of their games. But so far, this was this this release had 22 regular copies, 2,200 regular copies, and 800 collector editions only. So it was a low print to begin with, but it just yeah. went fast. Well, my thoughts are with that is that, you know, and it's going to be one of our topics to to chat about here tonight is, you know, the disenfranchise that that people are getting with some of these limited releases. And if somebody really wants these games, I mean, they need to start doing some open pre-orders, at least for the regular editions. Yeah. The limited stuff, I get it. That stuff is, it's harder to produce in big, big quantities. Oh, yeah. But the the actual regular ones, I mean, you're already put it in all the funds to get this game released. You might as well release right. as many as people want to the nearest thousand because you have to do in in groups of thousands. That's yep. why Limited Run Games does that. Um, you might as well just open pre-order it then until right. until you know and, and do it for a certain amount of time. Again, be it make it palatable yeah. so that we still can close it out. Like two weeks is always reasonable, and like that's a good business model. I think so. But, and that 
that was pretty much the big limited release titles that got announced. I mean, it's only Wednesday, so you never know what's going to come in store <laughs> tomorrow and Friday. But right now, that's that's I would say the items to keep on your radar and yeah. definitely East Asia Soft tomorrow morning. Well, let's check the chat and see what's going on here. <laughs> Is anybody still there? Oh, yeah. There, there's people talking about <laughs> it. EJ Fanatic snagged a copy. She snagged a copy. They were shocked at how quickly awesome. the uh, the limited editions went. Um, yeah. Very happy for Strictly Limited Games uh, as they're getting some quality games. They and are. I, I know in the past we've we've mentioned stuff like, you know, it's always the thought, and it's like one of the analysis aspects where we think that like limited run games get got past everything for all the games on the Switch, and they kind of cherry-picked what they wanted, and then everybody else may get the leftovers. Um, where I'm seeing now, I think like 99 Vitas is a good game. Like I don't see limited run games wanting to pass on that. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. hopefully Strictly Limited, Super Rare, they're getting first shots at some of these games now, and it's going to be a, a high bar for, for releases, which is which is exciting. There's, there's definitely enough games to go around. Well, exactly. And so there was, like, a lot in the um, going over to the newsworthy section. Because yeah. um, actually the next section I'm supposed to update on the Switchbook. Um, mm-hmm. I did some updates actually, cause, um, I went through and wrote on the Japanese exclusive games this week. Oh, nice. So I wrote about Dragon Quest, um, Heroes 1 and 2. I wrote mm-hmm. about, um, the Spelunker game mm-hmm. that was released, um, and I actually threw them into the the format and everything and i slowed down a little bit on the switch book just because the virtual boy book's still happening and i wrote over 120 reviews for the virtual boy because there's a lot of homebrew wow um, to the point where i almost like gave myself a stress headache in my left eye or something on <laughs> on monday or sunday or monday it was it was bad i had to like meditate to <laughs> to get that shit to go to normal it was it was insane i think i'm still reeling from that shit but um because i'm just trying to get the finishing touches on the on that book to to get it out there because it's gonna take like another couple months once i finish it just to do physical production so mm-hmm. that stuff's crazy so um i'm trying to get that sucker done and i'm gonna have to do the same thing with the walter day book so like and then it's gonna be full-on focus on switch and like it's palatable like we're I'm a good 50, 60 pages in written and formatted at the same time. And, you know, if, if a certain JP would get me the collector spots, they would be f- completely finished. It, I promise it's coming. <laughs> Promises are empty, JP. They're all empty. Oh, man. They're all empty, man. Um, but the thing is, though, the Switchbook is already pretty much formatted uh, all the way through the entire book. It's just the, the write-ups that I'm currently doing, which is, is super fun anyways. And, mm-hmm. of course, playing games like this week's game is going to give me a really awesome write-up for Retro City Rampage. So, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, this episode is going to go into the book. So that's the really cool thing. So most of my picks, until at least until you know the, the book's out, are going to be focused around that first year of the Switch. Plus, so many games that we've gotten that we need to play. So it's a win-win. It's true. And it's not just physical, obviously, as you're going to see probably with JP's hint, hint, pick is we don't always just do physical releases we're gonna play all types of games for the switch because we love the switch 
Um, well, now I will say that my pick will not be a first-year game, but moving forward, I promise for the foreseeable future. It doesn't have to be a first-year game. No, but that's a good yet. idea. You know, there's so many games that the earlier ones may start getting overlooked and even hard to find on the eShop that it's a good idea to stick to to the first year while we're working on the book. So mm-hmm. I will yeah. start looking at, at that library from way back when to find some good good games that seem interesting to play. And if something like we need to cover, some kind of AAA like Mario Maker, like we'll do an episode on that too, of course. Right. Um, but it'll have to be something big <laughs> to pull us away. Um, so newsworthy, okay? Um, sure. So a couple of things that I saw. First of all, we already mentioned the the burnout on the limited games model. So we saw I saw the the tweet from limited one of the limited run games members, Doug Douglas, um, posted that he was he's like man another release or something like that, and you could see he was like a little bit burnout on the whole everybody releasing limited run stuff. Um, and then a couple YouTubers picked that up and did videos on it. I don't know if you saw, like, any of the video responses. Yeah, I saw one. I mean, I saw one get posted, but... Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, my thoughts on that is, um, you know, those that are very innately familiar and, you know, very in with that group, so the guys that are publishing the games with the limited Mm -hmm. companies, you know, like Limited Run Games... Um, they're passionate about what they're doing, and they're worried that as people keep releasing games, um, that eventually the bubble will burst. Um, mm-hmm. I have a thought on that, but, but what are your thoughts on the burnout in the community if that would happen? I mean, because we just yes. talked about it like... Strictly Limited's game just went like the fastest sellout that they've had. Super Rare games are selling out faster and faster, and some of their previous releases are becoming ex- super rare and becoming like extremely like sought after. So, right. I mean, so what are your thoughts on this before I go yeah. into my thoughts? Sure. So, there's two schools of thought that I have with limited publishers. One is the collector aspect. Yep. You're going for a complete collection and you go, okay, you have your retail releases. They could be manageable minus these last two weeks. And then you have the limited publishers. And when it first started, you know, we knew limited run games was going to be doing switch when they announced it. And then super rares came, then East Asia soft came. Then you had strictly limited special reserve. You had red art games, so on and so on. You have now first press publishing. I think they're called. There's other one. There's, hidden gems that announce themselves, but they haven't done anything, worn collectors, and on and on, right? So Hagen's Alley Entertainment? No. <laughs> oh, no, we, we haven't, we haven't <laughs> dumped out that. Oh, no. No, but oh, no. to me as a collector, yeah, I, you know, it stresses me out because I want to have a complete Switch collection, and the more games you make, the harder it becomes to try and keep up with it. But then the other school of thought is that there's people who just buy games that they want to play perfectly normal so when all these companies come out it doesn't make a difference because they're still going to look at each game individually and say yeah this is a game that i would like to play it looks cool but i don't necessarily care to have you know one through 20 of this company Mm -hmm. so you know when they number it in my mind it's well i have to have the complete collection and i don't want to have one two seven eight you know twelve thirteen fourteen but at the same time 
so yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to jump around too much in my thoughts, but they're just everywhere. <laughs> so you have those. You have those two schools of thought. But then the, the other flip side is you're the developer, and you made this game, and you want people to play it, right? So you have mm-hmm. it. You have it on the eShop. You got it through either on your own or with a publisher, and your game is there. But now you want to preserve it. And maybe Company A can't do it because of their schedule or it's not a game that they want to have in their library. Company B doesn't want to and Company C does. So they release it. As a developer, you know, you don't have 20 games out physically. You have this one game and it's yeah. not I and I don't want to blame the developer because it's like, oh, another game is coming out physically. No, to me, uh, to me you are hitting the nail on the yeah. head. Like and I, in all reality, like these companies aren't necessarily they're just unproven some of the newer ones but like this model isn't necessarily limited because it's quote-unquote they're trying to make it collectible it is going (laughs) to be collectible somewhat because of the demand currently Mm -hmm. but it's limited because of the size of the companies and they can't just make infinite games. It's not how the world works with business. And like you're saying though, with these with these actual developers, like getting their game out and being the type of collector that I am, where I literally discern and go off of the games that I personally like. Um, I think it's great having as many different experiences out there. Like, I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be, we wouldn't see some of these games coming out that are getting a release that we've talked about even on this episode. Right. Because limited run games can't release at all. I mean, right. it wouldn't, they, they can't do it. It's just impossible. So, I mean, there maybe everybody's not going to pick up on the games or, you know, there could be frustration from them because they didn't get offered a game that they wanted to release or something. Who knows? We don't know behind the scenes where the frustration lies with that. But mm-hmm. I think it's great for the, the community. It shows how the Switch is, is building steam and how collectible it is. Now, oh, yeah. that being said, it could get to the point where some of these smaller startup companies aren't going to be able to do this forever if the bubble proverbial bubble bursts and it's not rabid like it currently is right right now everything's crazy and people are excited if it somehow turns and it becomes like we start seeing crazy shovelware games getting limited releases like Mm -hmm. like when we saw the comment you know poop slinger like that's just literally it is that there's there's people out there that still think that all a lot of these games that are getting limited releases are, are shovelware or, or not worthy of mm-hmm. this release. I argue that because I think a lot of at least a lot of the games that I've gotten have all been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they're worth physical release. But I mean, everybody has different thoughts on that too. So it, it's not like the person who thinks that it's all garbage is wrong in their own mind. They're not. That's right. their opinion. But to me, I see it as, you know, this is an opportunity for more people to see it. And we've mentioned it in previous episodes. You know, if you listen to the, the Switch Mania playcast, is that the online eShop is becoming very crowded. And there's not an easy way to sort right now. Right. So, like, a lot of this stuff is getting lost. And, like, I didn't even realize, like, I'm innately familiar with Megacast Studios. And they, you know, they release Genesis games and Nintendo games. And one of their Genesis games, Coffee Crisis, has been in the Nintendo eShop. And 
I didn't realize it for like a, a couple months, and I'm like, holy cow, it's it's mm-hmm. it's on the Switch. Like, I definitely got to support this. Like, it's crazy. Um, and you know, of course, we ask about physical, and they're like, well, if it does well and it's done excellent in the eShop, but like they they would be happy to to put it out physically, and that's how all the limited developers are. But again, they're getting overlooked just due to the sheer amount of games digitally right now. Yeah. And I think the other problem is is that with all these new companies, the current customers are now looking at the existing ones going, oh, they're putting out another game, right? So Limited Run Games announces a new game, and all of a sudden, because of all these other companies, they go, oh, another title. And it's not their fault. They're, they're going on their schedule, right? They do two a month, they said, sometimes three with a longer pre-order. Super Games does one a month. It seems like Red Art is doing one a month and so on, and East Asia Soft one a month. But it's not their fault that another company is coming on board now to do a publishing title. But, but I, what I see is like a lot of negative feedback towards the existing companies going, oh, you're releasing another title. You're doing this. You're doing that. But it just goes back to that argument. It's like, yeah, but they're releasing an individual developer's game. It's in their collection. It's in their <laughs> portfolio. But it's it's a specific game. It's not, you know, number 10 of a series My or something like is, that. My thought is, oh, darn, more games. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like okay, we got more games, and you know if it's something I'm buying, I'm like heck yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um. So let's jump over to some of the comments. Sure. <laughs> um. So EJ Fanatic, uh, she's right, and uh, Doug has said that they can be more picky because of who they are, and they won't really sign anything unless it's an eighty percent rating. So it has to be a super popular game for them to even sign for limited run games. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily as a as a personal like collector and and also like I obviously write reviews and publish books for a living. Um, I don't necessarily go with the the mainstream though. Even mm-hmm. there's there's times where a lot of people don't like something and it's like an excellent game. So to me, it's <coughs> like I doing that eighty percent as a general maybe a general rule is cool, but it would it should never be a definitive like thing. There should always be exceptions to that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like basically, they just have so much to pick from, is what EJ was saying. Um, especially as they start to look at older games and working with larger development companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says she really doesn't care about the collectible aspect or if they're actually limited. Just wants the game physically and want to own it and have it preserved. And that's exactly it. She hit the nail on the head as well. Just want to preserve things. And it's why we've talked about in the past, like having to download any part of the game is also a deterrent for that preservation. Like having the full game on cartridge. And I'm willing to wait. For them to release some of the stuff on cartridge to make sure that you don't have to add DLC later, right? Um, some people. And I think don't that's why we're it. waiting on the uh, Onikin and Odalis and the Celeste is that they're waiting for those, you know, I don't want to say final patches, but the latest ones that they know are in the works to be completed, and that's that's a good reason to wait. Yep. And then she also said she may or may not still have to send us the icons for the Switch book. And I would say, yes, you do need to send us the icons for... Yeah, please do, so, so he can stop asking me to ask you. Oh, I'm going to keep asking. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I think those... <laughs> well, the thing is, the idea behind the... So going back to veer off to the Switch collector, um, the, the idea with the icons is it's going to mirror something that's on the back of the Switch games, 
and it's going to show people visually as they're reading about the game whether they can play it individually, they can play it couch co-op, uh, they can play it multi-switches, because, you know, when, when JP and I got together at Midwest Gaming Classic, we didn't know which games we could use, like, two or multiple switches and play multiplayer right. with, and then online, like an online icon, and some of that stuff can be, you know, standardized to what we're used to seeing, like the single-player little person, and then two heads on a, with a couch back or something, and then the little icon for the internet, um, but I think, like, in her design that's going to be the the cool thing is seeing it the way that she did it cuz you know she's the one who de- designed the switch collector logo so mm-hmm. i think seeing it in her unique design and not just literally copy and pasting what's already on the back of a, a nintendo case is what'll make it stand out and make it cool mm-hmm. um, so so that was only one of the topics that I wrote down this week. Oh god. Yeah, there's five. Um Oh my god. Let's try to um to swing through. Um I saw that the Witcher 3 was announced. Do we care? Uh was it announced or is it more teased and possibly leaked overseas right now? So it was not only possibly leaked, but the possible <laughs> leak also was contingent with a higher spec console uh so interestingly hmm. enough is that the game would not only be available but it would be available with the upgraded specs for the new rumored switch upgrade so and then people were talking about that being a possible issue where you have to like with the new 3ds where some of the games ran like poop on the original 3ds because they were Mm -hmm. optimized for the new with the better processor so i think i care in that aspect where if we're going to start seeing if we do get a new upgraded hardware for the the next version of the switch and it comes this soon and then all the games are going to start to optimize for that and then they're going to run inferior on the original switch that's going to bother me a little bit Hmm. I think I so. could see Witcher then being announced at E3. I think it will be, and that'll go into because uh, we're going to talk about E3 predictions here a little bit. Um, so another um, rumor is: mm-hmm. Do you think that we're going to see at E3 or a, a Nintendo Direct, uh, Super Nintendo on Switch? Yes. So that's coming. I think. I think it's coming, and I think. E3 is a perfect time where they announce it and they go immediately at the end of this presentation, there'll be a download or something like that where they've done that in the past. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's time to bring uh, SNES to the uh, to the Switch. I do say if they do it, or when they do it, proverbially, I just said that wrong. Um, if, when, when or if they do that, they need to, I hope that they don't like, upcharge or upsell and be like well now you have to pay x amount of dollars a month if you want super nintendo 2 well i mean right now everyone's membership should be locked in so i can't imagine that they're gonna change that switch online premium like i hope no no don't do that but i will say if they announce the s the snes i'm buying that 8-bit dough uh controller at that point (laughs) already got it (laughs) i know you do (laughs) yeah exactly and i mean i'll probably be using it more so for plugging into my computer a lot but Mm -hmm. uh we do a lot of um weekend super smash brothers playing with my daughter and my wife and i and we Mm -hmm. we we still haven't unlocked all the characters but we play it for like a couple hours and have fun nice and so like this will make it fun to just have another controller that's Mm -hmm. super nintendo 
Um, so that's another rumor one. So those were quick. That's good. Um, that's quick. Keep and, it coming. And the last one before we get to the our predictions. Um, well, I still have news too. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so Team Sonic Racing was released. Yes. And the opening video was cut from this version yep. of the game. So what do you think about that? Like, like is that a trend that we're going to see more often because, you know, the video was too big to fit on the cartridge? Or was this just laziness to not optimize the video? Or was it because they were being cheap? And if they would have put that video on, they'd have to upgrade the memory card to the next size. And it would have cost more per cartridge. So they chimped it, chinsed out. <laughs> so that way they could keep it at that smaller card size and i think that's why they did it yeah i think so too what i don't understand is why they are denying or i think people have been asking for a patch for that one saying give us the intro just do it as a, a downloadable patch and they're still saying no and some people can't we really can't understand why you wouldn't offer that at some point but if they, i think they it has to do with size that they patch, took it out and it's like a gigabyte file or something like then there's a yeah. gigabyte on your memory card it's gonna take it up by one video yeah, I it's like nothing. I mean, yeah, but think about all the bigger patches for Mortal Kombat. What was it, like 22 gigs? Ugh. Right? It was, it was a huge <laughs> pile. And then you have like the NBA games. You had other titles that require these these huge patches. So something just for a movie shouldn't take up that much space. And if you want it, you take it. Yeah, I mean, interesting. Um, and yeah, yeah, so I think that they were just kind of being a little cheap when it came to that, like trying to be cost effective. Um, yes. but that's just my thought on it. And, and personally, like I can watch that video on YouTube and I did and it was okay. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you need to see it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, so I do have, have, we have a few more commenters too. Um, I do have one more piece of news. If we want to just finish this segment off. Oh yeah. Let's finish. Okay. That so, so, well, okay. One and a half. So last night, Pokemon had a presentation and I won't go in necessarily everything cause it's not all switch related, but one piece was, and that is they are teasing a detective Pikachu game, Pikachu game for the switch. But what's interesting is the way I heard it on the presentation, it was a sequel to the first one because they said, oh, you know, were you not satisfied with the cliffhanger ending of the first game on the 3DS? Then stay tuned because Detective yeah. Pikachu's coming to the Switch. But some people took it as maybe they're re-releasing it with additional chapters. Oh. So, uh, so I mean, a, it I'm could go either way. You could have buy the, it for the 3DS. You what? I'm not going to buy Detective Pikachu for the 3DS. The last game I bought for the 3DS was was Metroid. Mm-hmm. So like I am I'm not going to dust that off when I've been focusing on the Switch. Right. Um <laughs> I wouldn't mind uh if they did a like a, a not remastered but just a definitive edition or complete edition with, you know, two new chapters or something like that. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Because I didn't play the first one, so if it is a, a true sequel, then I have no idea what's going on in the first one, unless they do a little like recap. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, so somebody asked in the comments, "How long is this stream?" And it's as long for as it needs to be, as long as it needs to be. Um, we honestly like we shoot for under an hour; it never happens. And and we this, normally start an hour earlier. And this week, um, we haven't even gotten to the game yet, so yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a, a long <laughs> one. But sorry. Art Rip G. <laughs> exactly. Hang in. We're almost halfway there. And Alejandro Cabral, if I said his name correctly, also start chiming in with the chat. 
Um, he would love for games to get complete editions of those with the one to three DLC packs. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're the type of gamer who wants to play everything right away, then buying digital is for you. Um, that is something that a lot of modern consoles have been doing is the definitive, the complete edition, yeah. whatever it may be with all the DLC on it. And that's a lot of those Switch re-releases that we're seeing from older games is they're putting all the DLC on the cartridge. So um, obviously with newer games, if we're getting it right at the beginning of the game's life cycle, it's going to be hard. Um, I'm not sure how I feel on re-releases because it kind of irks me when I already own the game. I don't want to double dip. Um, and they have a forced JP to have to buy it again. So, I mean, I'm not sure if I want them all to dig down that rabbit well, hole. You know, but for preservation, they need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, you know we're going to get a Mortal Kombat 11 Deluxe Edition. Of course At some are. point when all the characters are out. And one that I... One that I've been waiting to see is Dragon Ball Z Fighters. They keep doing, you know, new new batches of characters, new music, new commentary, and they've they've added a lot that's only downloadable. That it makes sense that at some point you would have a a complete physical edition with everything. Yeah, I picked up that one a while ago, just used, and it's fun, so good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of. But that's um, all. Oh, and then the other. Lot of lot of comments on the Super Nintendo uh, online. Yeah. Um, talking about the online premium could be a thing. Um, and then basically, uh, online premium only if they include, uh, from Alejandro, um, online premium only if they include indies and old first party titles like PS and Xbox do. Um, the thing mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, RP space G, uh, said that Nintendo do value their IP, so they don't typically give away games for free usually. And he's not wrong. Like, they may rotate in and out games now, too, where you can only play them for a certain amount of time. I don't know. Like, it's interesting, though, with right. the Super Nintendo thing, because it adds a unique aspect to it. And a lot of, and then they were talking about the Pokemon. Um, said it was mind-blowing. They said it was it was great. Um, and, and RBG doesn't play Pokemon, never did. Just thought it would, if he was a kid or a fan, he would be blown away. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely didn't see the... Um, the I didn't know it happened already. <laughs> the Pokemon. Yeah. Well, well, that was so. That wasn't the direct. That, so that was my other piece of news. Is that that wasn't the Pokemon direct for Sword and Shield? No. That's actually coming on. Do do do. I wrote it down. I Pretty can't soon. remember where I put it now. Oh, on 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 June fifth at nine a.m. Eastern time. It's going to be a fifteen-minute presentation on on new things regarding Sword and Shield. So that'll be right before we record again. Perfect. <laughs> yep, and then I I always just like to remind people that on June 11th at 12 p.m. Eastern time, that is going to be Nintendo's E3 direct presentation. So mark it on your calendar now. Don't miss it. Hopefully, it's better than last year's where they, were, where they were literally just playing like a game, like with people at the treehouse. That's they were like doing that like all day last year. Uh-huh. I was like, come on, give us something. And still. And still no rumors, which is interesting. So that's a perfect segue into let's talk about <laughs> what we want to see for for E three rumors. So I've seen like a lot of people are posting things on E three rumors. I've kinda not been watching them, so that way I could go in with a fresh mind on it. Fresh aspect. I'm mm-hmm. going to do a short and sweet so we can get to the game of the yes the game of we gotta the get week. to that we gotta get to that but um I'd say let's pick our top two 
things that we want to see happen, not okay. things that we already know are happening. Like we already so know the Mario craziest Maker thing we want to see happen. Mario Maker Two is happening. We got that. It's it's gonna, <laughs> it's going to be on the show floor. It's probably going to be their main thing. Got it. Um. So my first thing that I want to see at E3. I want to see Metroid Prime 4 shown off. I know that they've switched over studios. I want to see something shown off. I know it's not going to be playable because it's probably not near mm-hmm. that point. But I want to see either a comparison or what they're doing with Metroid Prime 4. Because mm-hmm. I definitely... And, and maybe, and let's go crazy with it, on along, along the lines of that, give us an HD Switch version of Trilogy. Damn it. <laughs> Give us yeah. Metroid Prime Trilogy, all three games on the Switch. They've already done it on the uh, on the Wii, right? Yes. And they've yes. released it digitally on the Wii U. So let's get a physical copy of Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Switch. That way, Nothing wrong if there's going to be a long time for four. This would be a perfect way to hold us over. And I need to replay them anyways. Like I really exactly. need to play them all. And playing them all on the Switch would be flawless in, in HD. All you got to do is go over it a little bit some shine. So that's mm-hmm. that's my first one. I want to see Metroid Prime Trilogy and some footage for 4. What mm-hmm. about you? What's your first one? I don't know if it's ever going to happen. For some reason, I feel like this was teased a long time ago. But from uh, Bandai Namco, the Xenosaga Trilogy... Ooh. From the PS2 era, I thought they were going to do a like an HD remaster at some point. For some reason, it's in my head that I've heard of it from somewhere long ago. But I would absolutely love to see see that come back. Or, okay, no. I don't, see, I don't want this to be my second one. But I would say either the Xenosaga trilogy no, you, or... No, you can add this Xeno- to your, your first pick. <laughs> All right. Or, or, the, or the Xenoblade uh was it Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one, and X possibly redone? So, like, basically, give us our Project Rainfall on the Switch. <laughs> Xenoblade uh-huh. Chronicles X, <laughs> Pandora's Tower, <laughs> the last story. Give us it all on the on the Switch. Yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, um, so I would say for my second one, I'm gonna stay first party Nintendo with mine. Um, that way it's literally sure. their booth because at A3 they can, third parties are going to do their own thing too. Um, but what I want to see also is basically what we're seeing from Final Fantasy from Square. I want to see that with Legend of Zelda, damn it. So all the different games that they've been re-releasing, I want to see Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward <coughs> Sword all thrown on the Switch. Um, I, there's rumor that they're all coming out anyways. Um, so I want to see some definitive proof. Yeah, and yeah, me too. I mean, because we're already seeing Link's Awakening, they're gonna likely have that for demo at this point at E3. That's pretty much a shoe in. But I want to see at least Skyward Sword announced. I want to see maybe they do a trilogy of Skyward Sword, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess all Mm -hmm. all available. I mean, if they throw Ocarina of Time in HD, I would. I would lose my mind. That would be amazing. But I don't see that or Link to the Past, which was that mis- mislabel rumor. I don't see either of those really happening mm-hmm. feasibly. But the other three, very feasible. Very feasible. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they do that and Nintendo throws, you know, like the Mario Galaxy games or something. You know what I mean? Like just going crazy uh-huh. with stuff. Um, I don't see them releasing everything, though. And if they do end up releasing everything, it won't be all this year. 
you know, they're going to space things out because they're smart. Um, but like, give us some crazy Zelda stuff. Crazy yeah. Zelda stuff. And you know, it's, and it's funny. It's like, as we're talking, it's, it's the older games that we want on the switch. And to me, there's nothing wrong with wanting them back again in HD or even exactly how they are. Like what they did with seven, they took the PC version, but you know, it's not, it's not the newer graphics that they're working on now or anything like that. It's just the game that came out way back when we just want to be able to play it on the switch. And that's a very good market, I think, right now. Is there's so many great titles that people may have missed out on on the Wii era, the Wii U era, that you could bring back now, and they've done that with a number of titles. And to many people, would be playing it for the first time. To others, you're playing it on the go. And I would love to see these kind of collections come out. Well, and to me, so, it's like it's yes, I agree great with being able to get them all on one console too, because you know, being a all-encompassing collector, having all the systems, it's a pain to swap out all the systems all the time. Yes. And being able to play them all in the same format at least um is optimal it's excellent so mm-hmm. that's why i really want to see it on the switch too is you know my own my own selfish reasons so so what is your <laughs> second one my second one so i've said this before you know whenever we talk about predictions but i want to see golden sun come back it's still one of my favorite rpgs from the game boy advance era and it just deserves to be be played again because the last game the third one came out on the ds i mean that's how long ago it was and honestly give us a brand new entry give us just the first one give us a trilogy i mean however you want to do it golden sun is just a great series it was so much fun it it holds up that it's time for it to be revived i think yeah i mean so i'm really hoping that there's gonna be some kind of tease or some kind of announcement it probably won't, won't be but one day maybe we'll see golden sun again Give us a follow-up to Star Tropics, too. <laughs> That's always oh, the classic, that everybody's saying. Um, <laughs> so let's go and see what some of the commenters are saying. Um, sure. So basically, with on par with E3, they uh, EJ says she agrees with Metroid Trilogy. Um, they would love to see some of the plot for Astral Chain. Um, yeah, that'd be nice to said, see. Um, Xena Saga Trilogy sold. Link to the Past Drool. Um, now Alejandro says Mario Sunshine HD. Ooh. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and they can't develop. They and RPG says they can't corner their developers like that. Release four Zeldas <laughs> and nobody else will sell the games for a month. <laughs> Not wrong. It's true. Not wrong. <laughs> and he does say with the Wii U and th- 2DS, you can pretty much play all Zeldas, and he's not wrong. You can play a lot of them. I mean, yep. on the 3DS, 2DS, you have the um, Ocarina of Time HD or Ocarina of Time 3D version, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. We have um, a recommendation for Banco Namkai or Banco Namkai, nice Bandai Namco to bring back uh, Batin Kaitos. <laughs> I think it's Batin Kaitos, which is a GameCube series of games. So yep. that would be awesome too. Um, and then Alejandro did say that he, um, Alex from Twitter, uh, f- for me saying he loves my complete SNES hardcover book, and he actually got the um, the slipcase book for that. Oh, nice! I love those. Yeah. Um, and just so people listening, also online, we the stream is going to cut in and out every once in a while. It has to reset after so many minutes, so <laughs> it'll jump out and it tells me when it's 
it disconnects. And then, of course, there's also a beep that's going to pick up on the mic, which is great. It's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, so Alejandro likes the complete SNES with Slipcase, which is awesome. Yeah, the Slipcase book covers that I do um, where it has, like, animation on it, like, you know, we're doing a Switch Collector book. Might do some cool mm-hmm. stuff. Might do some cool stuff. Just saying. Just saying. It's be cool stuff. Um, so that's good E3 stuff. I, I think after, you know, an hour and 45 minutes, we need to get into the game of the episode. <laughs> It'd be a good idea to do that. <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump down the, the rabbit hole that is Retro City Rampage. So... Yeah, like, so first of all, before we dig into about the game, how much were you able to play? Me first? Okay, so thankfully it has a progression tracker on the game. I'm at 23% completion for the story mode. Not bad. So, no, I'm pretty proud of myself. I was able to play over the weekend a little bit more than during the week. I would say I probably put in five to six hours because I would play a lot of the story, and then I would just, you know... Any open world game, you start driving around, you start going into the buildings, you kind of see what you can do in the game. But for the most part, I tried to stick to the story. I wanted to see how far I could get with that. And then I did try a few of the uh, like the arcade challenges. So I played a few of those. But for the most part, I, I stuck to the story. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's how far I got. So for me, um, I didn't start a new save. And I mm-hmm. played this game when I initially got it back in, you know, 07. Um so basically, I was able to beat it. So I was able to complete the story mode, um, and I started around the um, Save by the Bell story portion. So it's it's about two thirds of the way through. I want to say um, is about when I was starting the story portion. Uh, but I've been playing it on and off for like a year or two. So it's it's super fun to keep going back to, and it's awesome and. St- short stints like playing it for a play session it's like perfect mm-hmm. um so let's Absolutely. before i start digging into like nuances and my experiences let's, let's jump into the uh painting the wallpaper of the game um <laughs> so retro city rampage essentially what i like to call it is grand theft auto on the nes nintendo mm-hmm. system grand theft auto it's literally purposely shown as a retro style nes game um, you know, they, they keep all of the bells and whistles off of it. And it's a parody of retro games from the eighties and nineties with pop culture references all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, it's open world action adventure game. It looks like the original grand theft auto series. It has a lot of the nuances and mission based structure of the more current games. Um, originally released in 2012. Um, and it was, uh, designed by Brian, um, as you mentioned, right? I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. able to say his last name correctly. It's Provinciano. Provinciano. <laughs> yeah, I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> you gotta say Provinciano. Sound, sound, sounds Jewish. Sounds Italian. Oh yeah, that that too. <laughs> Watch yourself. Um, <laughs> and then um, it was released on a myriad of consoles. Uh, later oh. on, a DX version. Um, which was an enhanced version of the original was released on the Nintendo eShop and the 3DS, mm-hmm. and then um, and also on the Switch in August 3rd of 2017. Nice. Um, later ports of the original also got enhanced versions of the game, and then also they released a version on DOS. 
called Retro City Rampage 486. Oh my which god. Which is interesting. And the majority <laughs> of the features are still intact. It's really crazy. Wow. Um so in the game, you're in the city of Thethropolis in 1985. <laughs> you're called the player. Um, a thug for hire. And he literally um, your hire is a henchman for the major crime syndicate led by the jester instead of the joker. The jester. And it literally <laughs> is like the Dark Knight. Um, like the movie The Dark Knight is like what they like kind of parody at the beginning. Uh-huh. It's so hilarious. Um, it was so great. Oh, it's ridiculous. And then you run into a time traveling telephone booth. Um, and then you get into like basically Doc Brown parody, Doc Chalk. And it's a parody from the Back to the Future films. They have a DeLorean in it. Uh-huh. Um, and, and he um, thinks that the player is a hero when in reality is a damn criminal, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> at the end of the game, you're basically you end up the jester ends up being just like a um, like a, a side parody of the Joker, and then the and the main baddie at the end is <laughs> Doctor Von Butnick. Yep. Oh, it's just like a parody of Dr. Eggman from Sonic the Hedgehog. And what's funny is Sonic called him Butnik in the cart- in the cartoons. So it's like <laughs> completely on the nose, like Butnik. Like it's just hilarious. And he looks just like Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to, you also go at, against Doc Chalk's rival on a R&D corporation um, because basically they desire to use the time machine to control the electronics market. <laughs> like it's such a crazy story and like all the numerous 8-bit homages to the game is where it gets crazy and I don't know if you got to any of the other genres that it switches to Mm-mm. so like basically you know the primarily the game is, is played from a top down perspective like yeah. auto style the originals uh, but it does switch to like two dimensional perspectives, like a two D platformer. Oh wow! No, um, I didn't get to that. And then like later on, there's um they do a parody. So a lot of the parodies, there's a um a speeder bike section from Battletoads. Oh wow! Way easier than <laughs> Battletoads. Um, <laughs> there's and then the whole end, which is what's really weird. The whole end scene, you don't play Retro City Rampage style. You literally play a... It's almost like Rad Racer from the NES where you're going around really fast turns. Uh-huh. Um, and you're doing that and you get to shoot like in Spy Hunter. And that's oh, nice. like the whole end part. Like there's, you play multiple levels of that and then you get guns and then you have to fight Butnik um, and shoot him down with multiple different patterns that he turns into and multiple different forms that you have to to go against him. So it's, mm-hmm. it, and they're shooting missiles at you. You have to dodge and stuff, and it's like that. And that's like the end of the game, though. It's not anything Grand Theft Auto style. <laughs> it's so crazy that they switched it at the end there. Um, so in my playthrough, the pop culture references that I saw, um, obviously the Back to the Future. Um, there yep. was the classic Batman story. I don't know if you got to the Batman story. Mm-mm. There's a whole Batman one where you're like driving the Batmobile and it plays like they play music like that and it's like hilarious um the but when I started the story is like saved by the bell and you're going versus Mr. Balding instead of Mr. Belding and like and they're literally trying to get like bubble gum out of his desk or something and you have to go and like 
like instead of screech it's like squeak or something and <laughs> like you have to go like take out their 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 place to, to help mr balding out and it's really crazy um later on you go versus the go-go busters instead of the ghostbusters and they're going and cleaning up splooge at dance clubs <laughs> splooge is getting all over the place and like it's getting ridiculous and so instead of ghosts it's goo and it's like, <laughs> so that's ridiculous um when you get down to the sewers you see the ninja turtles and you're like killing all the ninja turtles and they keep coming at you in swarms and you get yeah, i have not seen any of this yet you get bit by a radioactive plumber and then your stomp starts to hurt people like Mario. <laughs> and I took a, I, one of my screenshots I posted online was the radioactive plumber biting you. <laughs> um, and then you do the speeder bike section. That's all like near the end. Like that, the whole game is crazy stuff like that. Like there's re- there's references to Metal Gear with Snake and having. To, well, they had Duck Hunt in there. There's Duck Hunt. There's constantly the damn dog taunts you. Like, uh-huh. like doing a laugh, um, like really crazy. <laughs> um, so did you see any crazy references that you saw? No, I'm, I'm trying to think. I thought the duck hunt one. I mean, yeah, I feel like my story for the most part was, you know, uh, Butnick. It was the Back to the Future, obviously, which is a big part of the story that I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, Batman. I don't know if I picked up anything that you haven't seen uh, or didn't mention because it sounds like a lot more wackiness happens in the later half of the game. Well, there's a spot where they gave you like a, um, a battle suit and it's literally like Robocop with a <laughs> extendo arm from Bionic Commando. And you're like taking out all the enemies with the giant extendo arm and like <laughs> destroying them all. There's, there's so many, like I just wrote down a few, like it's, it is insane. Um, there are unlockable yeah, they, characters as well, by the way, like Super Meat Boy, Commander Video from BitTrip, Steve from Minecraft. Oh my god. Like, you can unlock all. I didn't unlock any of the characters yet. I unlocked a couple. There's one where you're like, when you're going through the tech section, there's this guy who's like an employee in his sweat. He, he sweats near you when he gets near you to talk, so his sweat is explosive. And you can run around as him and hit the button to attack and he like explodes uh-huh. his sweat and it blows everybody up <laughs> like he bounces and it's like and then there's like a whole section where it's him and a female version of him it looks just like him with a with a bow or something in pink and it's like they're like blowing up each other <laughs> like it's so dumb like it's ridiculous the game is so on point with its humor like i mean it, it's amazing how much he put in there and primarily did it all by himself I mean, and the world itself is is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I drive around and I don't hit the end or like any of the corners or the walls too soon while I'm driving. But, but yeah, you know, I had the same problem I had with Grand Theft Auto. Open world games, I start moving away from the story and I just start exploring, which is what you should be doing. But this is this was so much fun to have it in like the eight bit world, and then just to just to run over people is kind of funny in this because it's not bloody or anything like that yeah but it's just uh, yeah it's it, it's a really well done game it's it's insane and so like yeah. an interesting thing you know i released nes oddities and the homebrew revolution and this game in 2002 was initially started by brian and he was trying to make Grand Theft Auto on the NES. 
and he mm. developed his own development kit um, to remake it on the NES, and it was called Grand mm. Theft Endo. <laughs> is what it was called. And inside Retro City Rampage is the game's prototype for the NES called ROM City Rampage. Yes, I did play that, or at least I attempted to try so it. That is that is the NES one, and like I guess that it's it can't be run on actual original Nintendo hardware because people have found the ROM in it or have found uh-huh. some way, but it's not... It's not playable, and he moved it to the PC because he was trying to over, you know, overcome the limitations of the mm-hmm. NES, and you know he went crazy with. It. And I think this is a perfect homage and keeping, you know, oh, yeah. on the nose with everything and being able to kill um, everybody and um, and still being able to like keep it retro but do newer things is is what's great. And yeah. And as we we mentioned, the sequel <laughs> that's out there, um, mm-hmm. that one does it in sixteen bits. So it's super I, awesome. That Shakedown Hawaii, which is the sequel. Um, yeah, it is. It is out on the eShop now, and it's coming out physically, hopefully soon. Oh, I hope I hope I can get a copy because the um the Vita version, I think, which will. Or PS4, I can't remember which one they've already put out for pre-order. It was only up for seconds. Like, yeah, it was, that, it was bad. I have a note to talk about the the physical Retro City Rampage when I get a chance because nice. I do want to touch touch upon that. So let me see if there's anything else. I know that the game before the Switch release has reached uh, 400,000 copies. That was in 2014. Um, so they're they're they've sold a lot. So I'm I'm glad that people have supported it cuz this is a, you know, a, a absolutely a um complete like throwback to um, you know, old school games and it's a passion mm-hmm. project. It's amazing. Um and EJ Fanatic, she said she loves Retro City Rampage. And glad to hear that we're enjoying it so much. Uh, wants to replay it before Shakedown comes out. Well, Shakedown yep. is out. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, I, I'm assuming she means physically. Um, yeah. And that's why we did the playcast. Come on now. So we could play it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the uh, the limited or the, the edition that was released sure. for the Switch. So- I, I definitely got it too. So I played it physically. I may own three slightly different copies of it for the Switch. I have the regular. I have the collector's edition, which they only made 4,000 of. I have that. Um, and, and that one came with a soundtrack CD, a keychain, 3D glasses, and then a manual. But the manual is also in the regular edition. Now, did and then, the 3D glasses come with the regular edition? No. So here is the thing. On that note, the final mode that you play where you play the racing mode you yeah. can press the r button and switch it to 3d and put on the 3d glasses and play oh, it in 3d and that's awesome. don't have those 3d glasses it's just the blue red but if you don't yeah. have those you have to get some 3d glasses to be able to play it that way you can hit the button <laughs> and still play it like nintendo style um mm-hmm. however it's so cool to put in 3d and it's it's trippy i love it you know <laughs> Like, it's just, it's insane. And so you literally can use the 3D glasses they provide in the game. Yeah, that's Not awesome. just a gimmick. <laughs> and, okay, so so when this came out, so they had the $29.99 regular, $44.99 collector edition, 
And this came out in 2017, which means that the very first limited publishing company to put out a title on the Switch was V-Blank with this because they had a limited run. It was sold only through their store, which is, uh, I think it's vblank.com. So that's where they also are going to be selling eventually Shakedown Hawaii. But this was the first limited game that came out on the Switch. And it was very, you know, it was funny because... I remember at that point, this was October 2017, is when I really started getting into, like, really was getting obsessed with the Switch. And I remember learning about this company uh, through social media. I started following them. I got ready for the pre-order. And as soon as it went live, which I think was, I forgot what day, but it was around, like, 1 p.m., I think. or Somewhere between 11 a.m., 1 p.m., it went live. And I thought, oh, my God, it's going to sell out immediately. And it didn't. It was up for... For a few hours, actually, for both the regular and the collectors, but you know, I snagged both copies. And now, you know, you talk about Shakedown Hawaii on the Vita and the other consoles, and it's starting to sell out fast. And that's what's going to happen with this one. Oh, it's going to be we've worse on two, the Switch. Yeah, we've had now a year and a half. People know about collectability now. They know about limited publishers. They know about V Blank. They've been following, you know, all the updates and whatnot. And it's going to go fast. And most likely, there will be a collector's edition as well. But I anticipate that it's going to sell very fast, so I'm really hoping that whenever it comes, I get one. And I but, was able to get the original limited release on the PS4, and I have it on the PS4 physically. I have it physically on the Vita as well. So I have mm-hmm. every version of Retro City Rampage sans the DOS version. I did not get the DOS version. Um, but I have every version because I was on their mailing list, so I saw them all. So I knew yep. when the Switch one was coming out, too, so I was able to get it. Well, Shakedown, I saw it. I went on it like within a minute or so, and it was already gone. And I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah, that's that scares me. I'm, I'm hoping for the yeah. Switch. Maybe he does an open pro for the regular, and then you know a limited for or a Sequani for the limited. Mm. Is then at least I can get the limited very quickly, hopefully, and then have time to go back and add on the regular. But um, I will say though, for for collectors out there, not everybody is aware of this, but they did a small print run on Amazon after the their initial batch sold out, and there is a slight difference to the regular case. So the difference is. Um, it says there JP, is, please buy. <laughs> it does say that. <laughs> no, so on the spine it says V blank normally, but um, I'm gonna mix this up. But on the regular edition, I forget which one had the V blank, but there's one without V blank, so it's just the title of the game. Oh. So it's a slight spine variation, but there is one, so I may own that one too. There's no may with you. It's. I know I have it. <laughs> you have a copy. Um, I do. But, but you know what? I'm. I'm. I, well, I guess we'll talk about if we recommend this or not. So I'll, I'll save it for that point. Yeah. Um. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some feedback uh, about this episode from people in the community. Um, yes. So when I posted I my uh, "You bitten by a radioactive plumber" post, um, I had some people. Uh, <laughs> talk about it um also in that post um there was a whole section that was super smash tv in oh really oh, oh yeah like it's awesome like you're literally going through and playing through rooms of levels like smash tv it is so fun and it's it's just as good if not better than the nes port of smash tv so it's awesome <laughs> um um so raymond fix posted uh played this a year ago and wrote about it on his blog um nice. it's fantastic 
Um, Marco Rossi wrote, I've been playing Retro City Rampage 486, which is the DOS one, on a Pentium 100 running Windows 98. <laughs> really fun <laughs> game. Um, and he said he's pretty sure they packed it in the Steam version as a release, so if you own the Steam one, you can actually get the DOS version from it. If you, mm-hmm. if you have the Steam version of the game. And he posted a picture of his setup, and it looks it's so classic on an old-school Dell monitor, <laughs> like playing Retro City Rampage. That's so awesome. Um, he said it's a really good version, plays much like the older releases as it possibly can. Um, and then Joe Alonzo, which he's a big um, nest maker and makes like nest maker games and runs a game store down in Florida. Uh, he wrote he needs to open his floppy disk edition. He hasn't even played it yet. Um, uh Dominic uh, from Maryland, uh, one of the guys I knew from when I lived out in Maryland, he said he played it a while ago, it was lots of fun, um, actually got Shakedown Hawaii uh, as the sequel, um, and playing that on the Vita, so he must have got a copy of the Vita that year. Yep. <laughs> um, he started it yesterday, and he's loving it so far, and yesterday no, being a couple days ago. Um, and then Aaron Rever, which he is the heavy metal gamer on YouTube, um, he's an old contributor to one of my original websites, the v- the video game Masters Club, where I used to do emulation in a browser. I wrote that code back in the day. Um, he actually wrote that he reviewed this game a long time ago and needs to replay it again before he plays Shakedown Hawaii. So it's like the same as some of the people chatting with us right now. Um, so it's super cool to see. And that was just off of one of my posts. I know <laughs> we've seen a lot on some of the other posts. And it's tough to... Uh, to keep everything like in track when it comes to posts and comments and things, but we try to get to everybody. And if we don't, then let us know and we'll read it the next week. <laughs> Absolutely. So what did you see? On yep. Comments? So I had at, all on Twitter. So at monkey 1974 said, love it. Have it physically on the PS4 and switch some good stuff there, especially all the movie and game references. Like a few others. I don't care for GTA, but I do like saints row. Go figure. But Retro City Rampage sheer silliness won me over quick. Yeah, uh, it's freaking crazy. Like, <laughs> then at Zocker Ami said, "Yes, I did play the game on Vita. As much as I don't like GTA, I do like this little gem. The cute graphics, the good controls, and the many reminders of games and old gaming systems are great fun." Uh, next is this was a mixed uh, uh, comment, but at Kid underscore Scrub. It was on the first Switch indie. It was it was one of the first Switch indie games I bought before it got the physical treatment. I liked it. I sadly lost the interest when new games came to the console. I love the pixel art and the old school GTA feeling. Worth checking out. I'm planning to play the game again. Nice. Uh, then, my last comment is from at RL Toasty at Real Toasty. Toasty said it's it's like <laughs> it's old school GTA. What's not to like? Oh, and then sorry, one more at icy. Xavian uh, said, I first played it a couple of years back on the 3DS. I think the game is great outside of the final boss, which I'm not a fan of at all. Yeah, they're talking about that final boss where you're in an actual like third-person driving game and having to dodge missiles, and uh-huh. and it gets faster in the second, third iterations, and you have to do it all in one shot or repeat. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I completely get it. It took me a while to beat him. Beat Butnik. Freaking Butnik. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Butnik was also the name of one of the, the campers from Camp Onawana on Salute Your Shorts. Yes. <laughs> Freaking Butnik and his 
uh was it terminator 2 riding on the scooter yes john connor yep. like let's just go way down the rabbit hole of the buttnicks um <laughs> such a classic though but like yeah um definitely interesting and and you can tell like when we're covering a game that really connects with people like people are commenting even more like and we've seen some comments for the old games but it's either people are you know getting finding us better or they're more passionate about retro city rampage too Mm -hmm. or a combination um i think this might be one of the first games especially since the 2017 um i did a few pixel art paintings for the super nintendo book where i did them Mm -hmm. on commission i said hey if you commission or if you back this tier i'll do whatever painting you would like and i did a mario on yoshi and a link holding the triforce from 8-bit nintendo which was ironic because it was super nintendo but i think retro city rampage i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a couple of these for the switch collector book where i'm already gonna have them done and the Mm -hmm. people can get that copy as a tier just to support and like nice I do it all pixelated. So it's going to have to be the pixelated games, the retro games for the Switch. But it's going to be Switch games. So I think having the main character, the DeLorean on there from Retro City Rampage, that'll be a, a really cool... I'll do it like horizontally too. Um, I think that'll be a cool one. But I'm going to do that for a few of them. So those listening are going to get the first heads up that, hey, there's going to be some higher tiers that are going to be available. So I'm ready for that. Should be cool. Um, anything else with the game before we go to our recommendations? No, no, I think we touched upon it. Oh yeah, we covered a lot of the the craziness and yeah. You know. Um, so obviously, I I mean I haven't found anything um negative about Retro City Rampage except for maybe that it's it's just there's a lot to do as an OCD person. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having more to do, though. So that's cool. Um, However, I like to play it in short stints, and I think that's the perfect way to play Retro City Rampage. So my recommendation is everybody needs to play this game. That goes without saying. Everybody needs to play this game. And I think that it's really a real fun game. Um, And I highly recommend... Yeah, don't don't worry about the live stream, JP. It's gonna flip on and off. Sorry. We're recording. Um, recording's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my recommendation though would be to um completely go with it and get the game and play it in short stints. <laughs> yeah. So what about yours? Yeah, I, I was gonna say this. This has become such a perfect pick up and play because the missions are short enough that. You know, if you only have just a little bit of time to play, you can quickly get on, do a mission or two, drive around, you know, see the city and whatnot. But, yeah, the problem now with this whole playcast is you're creating this backlog of games that I really want to finish. And this one is such a such a fun one. And especially now that you told me about all the upcoming uh, homages that they do yeah, and the references, I really want to get to them and I want to see them. And I feel like from what I've played so far is... They've had, you know, references here and there, but nothing to that extent that yeah. what you see later in the game. So it's definitely something that I want to keep moving along. And like I said, it's just it's fun. You know, I have a few minutes to play. I pop it in or I turn it on and I can do a mission or two and I can keep the story going. And yeah, I, I highly recommend if you haven't played this game, if you haven't even seen this game, 
check it out. It's a lot of fun. And before you know it, you, you quickly start getting lost in Threptopolis, Threptopolis and <laughs> time just starts flying by. So it, it's a lot of fun. Exactly. And um, I mean, the thing is, is that I think it's really cool that even when we're doing the playcast, like the focus will be on whatever the game of the week is, but mm-hmm. we can still sit there in the background at night and and drop on a few and a, a few playthroughs or do a few missions in in Retro City Rampage or something like that. Um, right. So it's super cool, and I think it'll be um it'll be fine. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Um. So. Yeah, so the like for those that are listening, um, in the chat and everything, um, the stream will reset every once in a while. It's what it does. I mean, it's technology. <laughs> but you know, those of you that are on iTunes, um, they'll they'll hear us talking about this and be like, "What the heck are you talking about?" Because nothing uh-huh. stopped. <laughs> That's why I'm like, we don't need to worry about that as we're chatting. It's just that people in the in the chat will see it happen. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Um, that's just one of the things, but allowing people to come on and chat with us is super cool. I think I like it. What do you, do you like it? Oh, I've, I've really been enjoying this. I've never done live before, mm-hmm. except when we sat with, uh, at, at Midwest. Oh, with oh my gosh. people there. <laughs> yeah. That's a different I mean, this is, in itself. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. And I like that we can have the live feedback and, and talk about it with other people at the same time. So exactly. I like this. I mean, I think we may have to go a little bit shorter next time. Oh, but, no, uh, we need to go a lot a bit shorter. But it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, is, as the Switch has crazy releases, that's part of the fun. And, I know. and this, we don't have that, time to do multiple day recordings. Like some right. some podcasts record twice. Like, no, we, we don't have time to do twice a week. So, like, we're going to make it one and we'll go as short as we possibly can. But we yeah. also want to give everything the focus oh, yeah. it deserves. And that's where, like, we shoot for under an hour. We're at two fifteen right now, and we got to do a wrap up still. So, <laughs> like, it's it's insane. Luckily, once a month, I'm on a swing shift at, at my main job outside of publishing. Um, so I actually have a little more time, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. I won't be dead waking up at three in the morning tomorrow. So that's good. <laughs> um, so JP, yes. next week is your choice, and you would not yeah. tell me online. Give me no. Nope. Give me a head, like a heads up on what game we're playing for next week. Damn it! So, so <laughs> what are we doing, JP? What do what I have in store? Because I probably don't have it from what you. No, doing. it. This Damn. just came out late last week on ah. the Switch. Uh there is no physical for it. There's a physical coming for it for other consoles right now. Mm-hmm. It is an adventure horror game, and it's one that I've had my eye on for ever since they first teased it, and it finally came out and. I need an excuse to play it, so I figured I get to pick the game. So it's by the developers Throw the Warp Code Out, publishers Radalika Games, and it's back in 1995. I don't know if you saw this one, but what it is is it's a 32-bit, so it's think of like a PlayStation 1 Resident Evil kind of game, and I'm just going to read a few quick features, but it's retro 3D graphics, low-res models, Texture warping, CRT emulation, fixed CCTV style camera angles. This is all from their press release. Um, Relive the mystery game genre with an old school user interface and tank controls. Explore a spare. God. (laughs) Uh huh. Explore a spare cityscape in the year 1995, later with clues about the past. Interact with a cast of damaged characters whose intentions you can never truly know, and then cover the mystery of yourself, your daughter, and what happened to the city. So this came out. for the Switch, 
PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, Xbox One ports. Uh, and ever since it first came out and, and uh, they were teasing those 32-bit graphic you know, era, it just brought back Parasite Eve for me. It brought back, I mean, pretty much everything from PlayStation 1, but the Resident Evil... And I I'm just really want it. it looks like it. Silent Hill and like yes. Resident Evil. Oh my god! You know what? It really looks like a DS game. <laughs> uh, no, I it mean, looks like of... PS One, like really bad graphics. This is going to be hilarious to play. And I will say, I did start playing it, so I downloaded it this weekend. Um, right now, or I should say, when I downloaded it, it was only seven ninety nine. Um, it's on sale because the retail price on the eShop is nine ninety nine, so it's not that bad of a price. So for those that are listening, game. pick it up early. Yes, download it now. Start playing it. Uh, I played mm-hmm. maybe twenty minutes of it, but cheating. Yeah, oh my god, cheating. I know. I, I couldn't <laughs> wait. I really wanted to start. Uh, Should have played more Retro City Rampage to get more references. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to jump ahead of the game. <laughs> but so so there you have it so we're gonna play back in 1995 and we're gonna see what we think of it that's gonna be crazy the crazy mm-hmm. stuff like <laughs> my goodness um, oh yeah so going to the next portion that we always talk about um conventions and projects and things like that um my Walter Day book is still on Kickstarter. has a little bit of time left. It's not on my Kickstarter. It's on uh, Todd Friedman's Kickstarter, which is the co-writer. He's been doing all the interview pieces um, and getting all the people together. Um, it's mm-hmm. like well over 200% funded. So it's, it's happening. Um, and I'm letting him run the show on that because I'm concentrating on getting the daggone virtual boy book done. Damn it. So, um, I, like I said earlier in the episode, like literally gave myself a migraine, like <laughs> doing like over 120 reviews this week, um, for the virtual boy book, just trying to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. I've been changing around some of the, um, layouts to kind of match what we're doing in the switch book. So things are looking really cool with it too. Um, that's been fun. And then, I don't know, did I talk about um, possibly going out to the East Coast for a convention? Yes, too many games? No. No? No, Retro World Expo in Connecticut. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you did mention no, that. Too many time. games is way too important to bring out lowly authors and podcasters <laughs> such as us. So, um, oh. you got to be a big AVGN, <laughs> screen media, screen wave media YouTuber to, to get out there as a guest. And for me, um, I already got to play for, pay for like flights and things that I do because mm-hmm. I don't expect anybody. Because all the everybody who runs conventions out there are like passionate gamers like us. They're just making the convention happen. But it's like they can get me out as a guest and do a panel and stuff. Then it's cool. I'll you know bring books out so I can pay my way and you know get my name out there. Um, mm-hmm. so retro world, I talked with them. They're originally from RetroWare TV. So it's like the guys who did the video game years. Um, yep. they run that, that convention. They're really cool dudes. Awesome dudes. Um, I reached out to them online and they said, yeah, it'd be pretty <coughs> cool. And then, um, Lance, which is one of the dudes from RetroWare TV. Uh, he's the main contact. So I contacted him, uh, put it out there. He's really busy though. It takes him forever to get back on emails. So mm-hmm. should get back though. But if that's the case, I might be out in Connecticut. Um, I think I have to fly into New York for that one. Okay. And then drive up or something, and I might get hook up with like Rewind Mike and um, Dongled, which he does. Um, 
a podcast on video game music as well as a YouTube channel as well. And then I uh, hung out with those guys. I haven't seen them in a, in a couple of years since I moved out to Texas. So it would be awesome to go out to Retro World Expo. I hope I can. Um, and it's I did all- go two years ago, and it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's a it's a big one. I think it's it's probably the most fun that I've had at a retro gaming convention on the East Coast. Like mm-hmm. too many games is awesome, and I've went out there as a you know I've done panels out there, but I was never a quote unquote guest because right. I'm not a YouTuber um, <coughs> with you know hundred thousand subs. So um, I wasn't, you know, at that level, which is fine. But I would share tables with buddies and stuff. But I was within a couple hour drive, which I'll make that happen. Like I'm, as I said, I'm passionate, just like everybody else out there that collects and plays games. But like when it comes to like having to pay hundreds of dollars for a flight, like I gotta make it work somehow. At that point, mm-hmm. <laughs> like so, that's where I haven't went to as many conventions. And I, as we mentioned, I work a job, so and you work a job, so it's we can only do so many a year as it is. Yeah, so I go. True. I go where I'm invited. <laughs> um, but yeah, Retro World would be super cool to go out to. Um, so that's the the convention side. I'm still going to um, Classic Game Fest in Austin, Texas, in July, um, and then early August going to Game On in Arizona with Game Straighty One and nice hanging out with that one. That one's a super fun convention, like awesome convention. So. A lot of them are, are really cool, but that's about it. That's about all I'm doing this year. I'm not planning to go to Portland this year, PRGE. Um, that one's awesome, but it's super expensive, um, and so like I, and the time of the year it gets super busy at my work. So like trying to coordinate people to cover down for me is is, is hard, and I don't want to put that on them two years in a row. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just trying to to make it work. Um, so, you got any uh, crazy projects you're working on with Switch Mania? I know you're doing a lot of unboxing and reviews and stuff. Yeah. Like, what's going so on? So, over this past weekend, so, for anyone who doesn't know, I do unboxing videos on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and we recently just posted this past weekend, we did uh, the Ukulele cl- Classic Edition, the Iconoclast yes. Classic Edition from Limited Run Games. We also did the Bomber Crew Signature Edition games, and then this week, I'm still planning to record... And you'll be the first ones to know. I want to unbox the Psycho Collection, Volume 3, the Earthlock Collector Edition from Super Rare Games. And then I'm going to just take a look and see what else is on the shelf. Uh, Most likely we'll do uh, For the King and the Porum from Signature Edition. And then, you know, whatever else looks interesting that I haven't opened up yet, we're going to do. But... You know, I've been a little um, sporadic with my release schedule. So, so I'm ukulele, hoping... for those listening, that's one that I was not able to get limited, and I would like to get the limited release of because it's, you know, the 64 box. So yeah, anybody it... out there is, is parting with that, not for an arm and a leg. I'm definitely <laughs> interested in getting that. that and that's just cool. Yeah, and that's one also where um, they actually had the Kickstarter uh, tier where you could get the gold cartridge mm-hmm. and then yep. limited run games offered the gray cartridge i have the gray one i kind of really want that gold one but i just couldn't i couldn't justify the money for buying it twice just for a cartridge but there are technically two versions of the cartridge out there so if anybody and they're just has shelf. a gold one that you know like they, they're willing to part with for a reasonable amount you got to hit up jp as well because you never yes, know you never know and, man and i and I just posted this while while we were doing this because I just couldn't wait. But I do have a new contest coming up on Friday uh, for JP Switch Mania. It's called the Name Your Game Contest. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to have three games up um, for a listing. It's going to be one limited run game, one super rare game, and one strictly limited game. And what you'll do is, you know, usual, you'll follow me, hopefully, like, retweet, tag a friend, and you'll name the game that you want to win. So the winner will get to get the game of their choice. And then for every, I'll say, 500 retweets, we'll add a second winner. And then another 500 will add a third winner. So we could potentially. They need to give us ratings on iTunes. I'm just saying, JP. You know what? We can make that one of the. The recommend the rules as well. Exactly, because if you add that in there, it it gets it a little crazy. And yeah, that's the thing is, I never want to do too many rules because I don't want I, I you know I'm limited with character spaces, but we ah. could definitely do maybe as a bonus you know entry, give us a like, rate us. If you give us a rating on there, you get a a second entry or something. Maybe maybe you do. Or it's the main entry, and <laughs> there you go. I'm just saying that it will help us. So yes, yes. As after you're done listening, please just go to iTunes, give us a five star. It means a lot, and hopefully you do like the content as well. Yeah. So that's um, that's pretty much so, the big thing. Um, so RPG yeah. did mention that he does not like the tag a friend. Um, he loves the giveaways. Doesn't like the tag a friend portion. I know. So. I would say maybe remove the tag of friend and go give us a, a five-star rating on iTunes for the Switch Mania, and that helps. If, if some people don't like that, you could see how that works. Um, that's a little bit tougher, so that would mean people would really want to get the game. <laughs> that's fine. You know what? I think with this one, we don't... You know, I normally tag a friend, obviously, because you, you want to get your tweet exposed and get more people looking at it. But I think with something with a name your game of limited titles, I don't think it'll be an games. issue. Yeah. What? You're giving, yeah. So you're giving away games. So RPG, we will um, we'll remove the tag a friend and maybe we'll add in the you know give us a five star or something along those lines. Because all that does is that helps our the Switch Mania Playcast get you know exactly. searched easier. So it it literally helps everything get out there and then more people will be chatting with us on on wednesdays which will be cool and we can keep it under an hour damn it <laughs> yeah. and 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 for those who don't know all the graphics for jp switch mania including the logo the teases the actual contest images are all from ej fanatic that's so right she's she, chatting with he's us our stuff. graphic designer she's a good friend she's um, i mean probably one of the most talented people i know for graphic design and all of her work has just been amazing. Also, all those What If Wednesdays that you see and you sometimes hate that we post, she makes those covers. So <laughs> she's just she's just amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. and she's also, she did the logo for the Switch Collector yes. book, which is going to be part of the series, um, as well as, you know, working on some of the different icons within the book, too. So that's going to be, you know, published and in the adults of history at that point because you know i'm getting these books in like the halls of congress and stuff too like i'm submitting them all the way that's so, awesome yeah um the last piece that i did um is i spent like most of the weekend uh packaging up like two to three hundred super nintendo books for the mm-hmm. pocket guide and they all are in the mail so i had i released Three limited edition, uh, not like collector's edition, whatever, Super Nintendo games. I released mm-hmm. Socks the Cat Rocks the World. Um, I released Sydney Hunter by Collector Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Socks the Cats by Second Dimension. Uh, they're the publishers of it. Um, originally a 90s game, though. And then um, Little Medusa by Mega Cat Studios. 
and I did 30 copies of each, completely mirrors the Super Nintendo releases, and they're all super, playable Super Nintendo games, um, and they're all numbered 1 through 30. I only did 30 copies of each game. I do have some extras um, of those games that are going to be available, and like literally only did 30. So I have extras of those 30. Um, and so once everybody gets their copy and there's no like mangled and shipping issues, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put those available. And those that are listening, just hit me up online. You get first dibs because you're listening awesome. to us right now. Um, just hit me up online and I'll let you know the, the cost. Um, what did I do? I published the limited edition versions CIB of the three games. So I released with my kickstarter uh i was i was able to release 30 of each of those super nintendo games so i published them that's why i'm hagen's alley entertainment not just books is i've actually published and done releases of homebrew games mm -hmm. um so this is three super nintendo games that i'm giving more exposure to and they're along with my super nintendo collector's book the paperback version and it's nice. like it's the pocket edition, but it's huge. It's three hundred and eighty pages or something. It's big. <laughs> it's that it, it can maybe fit in your jeans as long as you don't wear skinny jeans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um I still and I already shipped out as well the two canvas paintings that I did for that. So I did the Super Nintendo and Nintendo canvas paintings. Um, and all the limited edition boxes. I shipped all of that out like yesterday. It oh nice. Was, I was like a lot. I still have to do some of my combo tiers, so I had some that got like a definitive Super Nintendo and a and a pa paperback, and some that got a Nintendo Compendium or NES Oddities and and a paperback. So some people did combos, and some people mm -hmm. got like a single game instead of getting all three games, they got a single game or two games. I have to ship out all those still because they were all like weird combinations so i still got like another hundred packages to go out <laughs> oh wow yeah i ship these all for me and then after <laughs> i do all of that i still have like thousands of books in my garage that i'm gonna have to send to amazon prime and to my warehouse most of the mm. time the books come to my warehouse and the warehouse fulfills so much easier but with this one with all the super nintendo games i published it was easier for me to get all the books here and then do all of that shipping and get everything out and then send it to the warehouse to do their thing later. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing stuff a little bit backward and different this time, but that also was part of my weekend. Like lots of packaging and shipping and, <laughs> and then writing. And yeah, it was, it was like, you're not busy at all. Crazy. And then of course I was working <laughs> 18 hours a day last week. It was insane. This week is much easier. Only 12 hours a day. It's great. <laughs> so much easier <laughs> um so yeah it was super fun um ej says that she's excited to see the book um yeah the the formatting is has been coming along and it looks awesome um one thing that and maybe from from her from a designer perspective i'm not with a switch collector book I'm not sure if I'm okay or I'm not cool with the flow of the text on page. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, JP. Mm -mm. So it's like where your eye goes when it when it uh, goes from like the reading the first paragraph over to the second because of how the switch box art is. 
it's almost like underneath the icons is where I need to start the text, but then it would go left instead of going from left to right. Cause like I like to write from left to right on a page. Mm-hmm. And so on the left is like a paragraph for the intro paragraph. And then it goes to the right and it's almost a little awkward. So I might have her look at it and have her look at it and say, Hey, does this flow? Um, the only thing I don't really want to do is like redo all the formats in a 380 page book. Like that wouldn't be fun. Um, but if it's confusing, I need to know too, cause we don't want anything confusing in the book. Cause it's already yeah. awesome. I want it to be like kick ass and it might just be that the, um, maybe we just flip flop the switch case and the verbiage mm-hmm. and it might help things flow better. I don't know. I might do an example of each and see, and it would create probably another, uh, 40, 50 hours of work if I do that. <laughs> like, that's straight, oh, straight reformatting, like, without even a rewriting, but, like, it might be necessary. Because, like, just thinking mm-hmm. about it, it's like, I've been trying to, like, figure out a way. And if we flip flopped those, like, just basically made the, um, the format backward, it might be better. Uh huh. Because, like, right now it's. Because the thing is, is it goes like this because the switch box is so tall that it's like the text starts in the middle of the page on the left side and then it goes up to the right near the top underneath some some stuff. So it might have to just be flip-flopped and that would hurt my soul. It would hurt my soul having to just... But it's like literally flipping every single image... Not every mm-hmm. image, but like the every layout on every page. <laughs> so maybe do one, send it to me and and EJ Fanatic. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do and and see yeah. how that works because on the second pages, I like anything that's a multi-page wouldn't have to be messed with because it's easy. It's just the the single pagers, and I'm I'm sad to say that I'm it's probably gonna create a lot of work for me, but in the end if it looks and reads better, it's going to be infinitely better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to do one maybe tonight, tomorrow, and then send it over to y'all and, and see what you think, because it's something real simple, but it might be infinitely better. And it's also going to be, go with her, um, icon she's going to do, which they need to be black by the way. Cause there's a white, it's white te- white background, black text on mm-hmm. white background. So the icons do need to be black and not white, um, unless you do white with a black outline or something. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna do like one of the single pagers here and and find one that like looks really good. I need I need uh, JP's Mario Kart Eight collectible write ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So. I think what I'll do is I'll do a maybe Splunker party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old free-to-play Splunker party. All right, that sounds good. Cool. Um, so let's wrap up the uh, Switch yes. Mania playcast. Um, so where to find us? Um, oh, yeah. For me, obviously, HagensAlley.com. HagensAlley.com is where 
everything. The Switch Media Playcast goes up um, for iTunes. Also, mm-hmm. it I have various different articles up there. I also have the old VGBS podcast up there. The old first four seasons are all up there of that, um, as well as all of my books that you can see. So, super cool that you can hang out, go there, get some retro feel. It's been going on for years, and I'm not slowing down anytime soon. Um, my <laughs> top 20 or more now, and he has homebrew articles, like one of the most searched on the internet. So, it's there's some good reads up there, and I wanted to do more. I just I focus on my books. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm going to shoot... Um, and continuing speaking of the books, I'm going to do the formatting here with that too. So hopefully it doesn't create hours of work for me. <laughs> you can find me on all social medias, Hagen's Alley. Go ahead. Okay, my turn. So where can you find me? Uh, jpswitchmania.com is our website. We post reviews of all the games coming out for the Switch and that have come out physically or and or digitally. Uh, we also do interviews on the site. I do probably my biggest thing I'm known for now is my weekly release post. So every Sunday I put out the games in one post that's coming out for the week that's retail and limited that support English. So that means it's global. This, these are your East Asia soft titles, your Japan releases, your Europe, Germany, U.S., France, everywhere. So if you want to, if you're a collector and you want to just keep up with everything coming out and just maybe want to know if there's a collector edition for it or what the prices are, links, that post covers that all. So nice. that comes out every Sunday. And if you subscribe to the site, you put your email address in, you get it sent right to your inbox. Then on social media, I live on Twitter. So it's at JP Switchmania. I'm there now. <laughs> I Unless I'm sleeping, I'm probably there. on Twitter. And I post all about upcoming games, deals that I find. You know, we post our reviews on there as well. And it's just a great Switch community. Uh, hashtag SwitchCore. So if you're <laughs> on Twitter, Switchcore. I, I love SwitchCore. So if you're on there, join us. Uh, and then where else? Uh, my YouTube channel. So it's JP Switch Mania. And that's where all of our unboxing videos go. And also a work in progress series called spotlight episodes where I focus on one limited publisher and I give a little history about them. I show you what their releases are. Uh, if there's any tips or tricks on how to make sure you get a title uh, from their website before it sells out, if it's not an open pre-order, yeah, I talk about that as well. So it's a, it's a fun ongoing series and I'm currently working on the next few episodes. Uh, and then Instagram, JP switch mania. I post my collections there. Uh, and that's that's about it. I think I think if you type in JP Switch Mania on the World Wide Web, you'll find me somehow. <laughs> Hilarious though. The JP <laughs> Switch Mania is everywhere. Uh-huh. It's everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, everybody, thank you for listening to the Switch Mania Playcast, and we will yeah, see you, you next week. See you soon. Bye.